I showed up. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening on Oman FM. I'm your host, Abdullah Al-Ma'awali. And with me today is a special guest who I've been following for a long time. I've been salivating over her amazing <laughs> food for a very long time. I got the Swahili food herself, Vanessa Mehri. Welcome to the show. Thank you. What an intro. I feel like you should do my video intros now. <laughs> voila. Yeah, voila. I could do it with a better intro voice, you know. No, it's cool. You did a, You did an awesome job. The Swahili food. That's just, you oh, want to make it awkward now. No, because no, you, you can't, you're not wearing your headphones, so you can't hear yeah. the, the talent. No, it's okay. I'm going <laughs> to reserve this for later so when I listen to the talent. Fine. So, so I, I've done a little bit of research, you know. Um, <laughs> but not enough obviously mm. so what i've noticed is mm -hmm. people have this vague idea mm. of um your background but you never really delved really just told us the whys of things and the hows and, yes. and drew images of the place that you're at you were mm. born in switzerland yes but then you moved to kenya yes i did um is it your mother that moved to kenya yes my parents divorced mm. And my mom wanted to move far away. Yeah. And Kenya seemed far away enough at the time. Was there any reason why she chose Kenya? She'd been there as a tourist prior, I believe once or twice. And she fell in love with it. And I, I, I understand why. It's beautiful. The people are beautiful. The culture is amazing. Mm. The food, obviously. So I can see why it was a good choice for her. And how old were you at the time? I think I was just... I, I say I was three, but I think I was just about to turn three. Okay, so because I was I'm still guessing. in diapers, I, I would like to say I wasn't in diapers as a three-year-old. <laughs> so around there. Why is that like a point of pride? I don't know. I have kids, yeah, so I have like <laughs> targets. If if I went, I was in diapers at three, and I'm trying to get one out like by the time they're two. How many kids do you have? Three kids. So I also. I, I guess I should give a little bit more context before we delve into your mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. I, I would love for this show today's show because we're gonna sit for a while we're gonna sit for over an hour mm. to be for your true fans mm -hmm. you know for for those who always wanted to know more yeah but there was never enough out there so uh, if you would allow me i would love to dig yes and uh, think about the people who have followed and loved vanessa for a long time you're gonna get nitty-gritty details of your past yeah that's okay yeah? um I've, i mean i've been waiting I always said I was waiting for the right moment because a lot of people ask, like you said, mm. and I've written a bit about it on my on my website because I am an actual blogger. I have an actual blog. Yeah. By the way, what, what's up with your blog section on your website? Yeah, it needs. It's in the whole website is uh, needs some work done. Yeah. So it's getting a revamp because there's also the book that needs to be available on there. Mm. So um, it just gets sometimes it gets difficult when you are trying to do it all on your own. Yeah. There's only so much you can juggle. And you edit. I uh, edit. You shoot. I film. Mm -hmm. You do the cooking yourself, obviously. Yes. Uh, you wrote a book at some point. Yes. Um, With a second one coming out soon. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, we're, we're in the final stages. Is this exclusive? It's exclusive information. It really? Been given up. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we cutting to her? Like, uh, yeah, cut to her. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like it's a it's a good because we're in the final stage. It's now at the print stage, so I feel like it's a a good time to kind how, of. How much can it. you tell us about it? I can tell you that I've cried through it. Is that okay to say? Absolutely. It's been very hard, but I feel such an intense connection to the second book more than the first because the book doesn't only have uh, food photos. There's a few photos that I commissioned and pay, I commissioned and paid my little brother who lived in Mombasa mm. to go around to parts of Mombasa that meant something to me, and he took pictures of those areas, mm-hmm. and they're in the book. Oh. unedited raw so you're going to see parts of Mombasa with a lot of um electrical wires everywhere and stuff that's yeah. just the true essence of how things are there and is it so, still a, a cookbook as well it's a cookbook mm. but it's also a storybook mm-hmm. a bit of a storybook so each recipe uh for for the most part a lot of the recipes have a small story tied to them what's my connection to this yeah you know when i eat this food what do i feel what What do you start with, if you don't mind me asking? What do I start What with? What recipe do you start? I the start book well. With? The first part. I feel of like the, that's a big decision. Yeah, the first part of the book is mapocho pocho, and what's that? It's basically like little appetizers, bitings. Hmm. Yeah, so I started with crepes because I really like crepes. Okay. And then I would have assumed mahamri, man. That's the second part. Oh. That's the exact. <laughs> that's the second recipe. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't connection? want to just give everybody all the gold right from, at the from, start. <laughs> <laughs> But the book has everything, including even halwa from Mombasa. Yeah. Right? We have, it's a different halwa. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, uh, Do you like it? Uh, it has its occasion. <laughs> I'm going to so, bring so, it. You have to so, try mine. So there's, a, I, I may have shared this with you before. I have, from my father's side, I have family in Mombasa. Yeah. And in fact, yes. the the halwa, the Omani halwa place in Mombasa yeah. that you probably know yes. belongs to my family. So whenever they come and visit, <laughs> they would bring it. Comes in this like tube shaped, yeah, not not like the Omani style, and it's rolled um, in a paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. rolled exactly, mm-hmm. and it's um, yellowy orange, yeah, kinda. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, a bit of I think leaning more towards a. The one I do it leans more towards a reddish saffron color because it gets its color from saffron. So you I, do it yourself? I do it myself. Yes, I slit two hours of it. Oof. So I share my recipe for that in there as well. Huh. Uh huh. That's competing with my family. Ah, I feel like I need to give you my halwa to try. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to give you my halwa mixed with other halwas. Can I just say I'm disappointed? Why? <laughs> you promised me mahamris. <laughs> Yes, but then I can't just give. If I, you know, I have to um, have a proper occasion to have the money. This is an occasion. Tea. This is. I am not going to be eating, munching away, have the chewing sound effects. We're not doing ASMR, are we? Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like, listen to your headphones. It sounds great. <laughs> the right moment will come. Trust me. There's a. Oh my God. There's a Mahamri moment coming. I we promise you promised me I last promise. time. Pinky promise. Listen, your Pinky your promise. friend who we're not going to mention is going to get more brownie points, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's I need to make sure my friend doesn't uh overthrow me in that department. <laughs> um do you have a sense of the real reason why your mother decided to move to Kenya? Did you ever ask her maybe as a grown-up? Yeah, well I know that the divorce is divorce is not necessarily always a beautiful thing. Mm. It can get very ugly and in our case it got very ugly. And I have a brother and because of how ugly it got my father got custody of the boy mm. and my mother got custody of the girl and so we were separated. Man. Yeah. 
and yeah we were separated and then uh moving to kenya moving to kenya was hard obviously because i lost my best friend that day you know my brother and i were very we're still very close surprisingly yeah but there was a very long gap um of a couple of years where we didn't speak or see each other we weren't allowed to mm. because of how ugly things got yeah and he grew up where he grew up in switzerland so you your brother is swiss my brother his <laughs> accent everything about him is swiss even his food choices mm. oh lord my brother for him a meal is pasta with butter and salt that's it yes well, that is very swiss when i moved there and i tried to cook mahamri mandazi it was very shunned upon yeah by not only him but a lot of the family members so but i'm sure we'll if you if i don't know if there's going to be a timeline how you want to do this but Mm. Um, yeah. It doesn't really no no. We, we can go with it, it. but yeah. it, it was shunned upon. Um, I was told my food is disgusting. No way, it's too spicy, and I'm like Swahili pilaf only has like four spices, you know. <laughs> That's three too many. That's apparently three too many. <laughs> apparently, even pepper is like, how dare you use pepper? <laughs> but um, I found it so I found it very difficult living there mm. um, because. I didn't know how to cook anything else. How could I have known At how to cook? At what point did you live there? You went back then. I went back when I was around 15 and a half almost 16. Okay. So after I did my O levels I went back. Yeah. To try and uh get to know my roots mm. and my father and be with my brother as well. Right. But that was a really tough time. Okay. Extremely tough. Because of that I just I didn't fit in. I was the social misfit pretty much. Yeah. Uh white girl, African accent. Smiling way too much. Apparently, you shouldn't be smiling, especially at six in the morning on a train. Don't smile in Europe. What happens? Keep, because people look at you like you're either on drugs or you're weird or something is wrong with you. Like, why is she so? Why is she smiling so much? Why is she saying hi to us on the train? You know, like just go and look for an empty seat, mm. preferably one that's like completely empty, yeah. and go. If you find, you know, they're usually like on the train. There are four seats, right? Two and two opposite. And if one person is sitting there, they'll have their bag on the next one. That's already a signal like, mm. don't invade yeah, my yeah. space. So if you think you have a right to go to the other two seats, you're sorely mistaken. Just move along and don't smile. <laughs> That's you, what you I know, learned. You know, when I lived in the UK for uh, for a year, uh, when I first got there, mm. um, when I met my colleague, I did I did my postgrad. Yeah. And every th- I come early, and every time my other colleagues come to where mm. we're sitting. Mm. Mm. Me being the Omani that I am, I would stand up to shake their hands. Yeah, it, I don't even think about it. It's just natural. Somebody comes in, uh, you stand up and you, you you shake their hand. And about a week or two weeks later, they're like, "You, Abdullah, you're very respectful. Every time you come, you stand up. It's like, no, 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 I'm Omani. I'm not res- like. It's not like it's I'm being culture, yeah. courteous or anything. It's like I'm programmed." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it that. apparently it was weird. Like yeah. well, this guy stands up like what am I royalty? <laughs> you know what you say that. Yeah. But even in my school days, so my early years, my when I was uh so nursery play they called it play group. Mm. I don't know what they I guess it's still play group. Kind of. Play group nursery primary up just before 8th grade. I did the Kenyan system. Mm. And then just before the eighth grade started, mom decided to send me to a different school that had computers and stuff. I was fascinated with computers. And I've done computer programming as a side thing. Nice, me too. For me, just for, mm. for fun, not for work or anything. 
um, and more so to understand my website better. So that's why I didn't want to ask anyone for help. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so she sent me for that. And then when I went to this, it was a British school, but with Indian roots. So it was called Sri, Sri Somnirayan. Okay. And I remember day one, first of all, I had my socks rolled up. Okay. They were not tucked down. Oh, they I were see. I rolled see. up. Yeah. And then with a skirt. Okay. So mm. I respect it. My shoes were shiny. I don't think they could shine any more than they did. Because in the Kenyan school, you know, we'd have assembly almost every day and they would check your nails, check your shoes. If your shoes are not shining, you're in trouble. If you look tacky, you're in trouble. So strict. we were really, yeah, it was very strict. Even how your hair was very strict. So day one in this new British system school, um, we're in English class and I raised my hand to mm. answer a question. And the teacher points at me like, okay, answer. I stand up to answer. I have never been laughed at so really? much in life. Yes. Oh my God. It's so painfully embarrassing. I stood up to answer because that's in the Kenyan school. That's what you had to do. You don't just go, hey, sir. Hmm. And then, yeah, this is the answer. Like sitting like you're in a restaurant or something like you're a boss. You stand up and show respect and answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do that again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> for ever, the rest ever, of ever. my life. For the rest of my life, I still don't do that anymore. It was so, yeah, it was painful. I still remember. I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Do you remember your earliest memory of when you moved to Kenya? Vaguely. Um, I mean, I remember getting off the plane. And at the time, so my mom remarried. I have a stepfather who's Kenyan. Mm. Yeah. So I remember getting there and we came off the plane and it wasn't like it is now where you have a whole tunnel. It was just stairs. Right. And guests would come or family members would come out, right outside the aircraft and you come down the stairs and you see your members and then you go with them and get your bags and stuff. Pretty, I like that though. I yeah. like, like, like you're getting off a bus. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we got off and he was there and I was introduced to him. Um, and then we went to our house. Mm. which was in a place called Chuda. Oh, cool. <laughs> Such a cool place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chuda. And I remember we lived right next to a mosque in Chuda. So that I remember. Um, yeah. And then I just, uh, from then on, what else? Yeah, I spent a lot of time with my mom then. Because my mom was healing, I'm guessing. I never saw my mom cry, though. So she was a very hardcore type really? of woman. Yeah. So, But I know she was healing through it. Mm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with her. Uh, up until they built a house in Nyali. Uh, I think I was maybe five, six years old when we moved now to the property they built. Hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, that, I remember that. I remember playing outside barefoot, getting in trouble every day for being barefoot. Uh, my mom didn't encourage me to be barefoot. Yeah. I, still, I still go outside barefoot, by the way. Okay. Yeah. My, it is. It's, it's freeing. Yeah, the lady who does my pedicures doesn't like me, but it's okay. <laughs> She's like, why Why am I always struggling every time you come here? Yeah. Blame so, it on my mom. No, no, it's a rebellion. It is, it is. <laughs> I, was very, I was very rebellious. But I guess that happens when you come from, a lot of kids who've come from a divorce background mm. tend to be rebellious. One of them. Yeah, you know, because you, you feel like you're lost sometimes and unheard. Mm. And more so now when you're a white kid. And by then, by the time we moved house now, my Kenyan father, he was my stepfather. Yeah. So now you're this white kid walking around with a black stepfather. Did, you, did you feel it at the time that you were different? No, not at the time. 
uh, not at that age at least. Um, I just remember people being very kind of surprised, like, oh, mm. uh, my stepfather would introduce me. His name is Peter, and he would introduce me as his daughter, and people would be like, everyone's doing double takes. They're like, nah. <laughs> <clears throat> Even if she got the light gene, <clears throat> there's something just doesn't fit here. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I remember it was, it was a very interesting time um, for me. There was a, you know, I was, sense of identity was non-existent at that time. Mm. I was this white kid that only spoke Swahili because nobody spoke to me German anymore right. once we got there. So it was only Swahili. I didn't speak English until I went to school, you know, which wow. must have looked very interesting. So your first language essentially is Swahili. Pretty much. I know I spoke a little German as a toddler. Mm. Yeah, but then it was Swahili. Kiswahili, actually. Kiswahili. Kiswahili, yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah, that was, um, I'm pretty sure it was interesting to see me back then as a little white kid running around barefoot, only speaking Swahili. Yeah. It must have brought a lot of confusion. What would I have seen <laughs> had I saw you at that time? I have a picture. You want to see pictures? <laughs> yes, I feel please. like a picture would perfectly. I know I was barefoot. You Look can, at this. You can show it to the camera, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let me see which one I want to pick. This is just... There's some interesting gold. Well, first and foremost, I'll show this one. There's a little girl here looking. In Swahili, we, in Kiswahili, we call it chokora. Oh, it's chokora. Chokora is like street kid, pretty much. That's cute. But that was, yeah, that's little Vanessa. Right wow. there. Okay. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, so, and uh, you can see the doll mom got me. Very interesting doll. I, I thought that was a human being. I know. <laughs> You know something? People actually thought that that was a real child. And they're like, Utamumi Zamtoto, like you're going to hurt the child. Like, and then they'd grab him like, it's my doll. <laughs> it looks like a real, her name was Felis. I still remember her name. Wow. Yeah. It's a massive doll. But uh, what, was your what were your parents trying to do? Well, first of all, my doll was black. Mm. So I don't know. My mom was really trying to make me comfortable with yeah. that. Because before getting to Kenya at that age, I'd never seen a black person before. Yeah. So, but you're so young. You're so young. You don't even, that's the thing. You mm. don't even know, notice color. Exactly. So she got me this doll though, because obviously she, she felt I needed to get that introduce, introduction to That's cool. To I, that, yeah. I feel like that needs to be done more often in today's world even. I think it should be done because this thing of only having white Barbies and stuff, although there's, there's people creating black, black mm. dolls now and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Because you're celebrating all, I haven't seen Omani dolls though. That would Are be nice. Any? That would be cool. The, with the Omani Eid yeah. outfit. It's it's celebrating all cultures, mm -hmm. isn't it? Should we pitch that to Barbie? Yeah, can we? I don't we? know what their company name is, but hey, Mattel. Barbie, could you tell them? Mattel, Mattel. Am I saying? I feel like I'm saying it wrongly. Hmm. Like you should say it's an American brand, right? So you should say it like an American, correct? Yes. So Mattel. Mattel. Please, could you possibly have Barbies for Oman, maybe as oh. well? A Swahili culture. That would be beautiful. It's so colorful. Oh, with the conga. Yeah. Um, and just note, Mattel, that the kanga needs to have phrases. Yes. It's very important. Some of those phrases are so naughty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell me why no one's listening. Oh, I don't know. Well, sometimes you'll get stuff like Mpandangazi Ushuka, who he who goes up the ladder will soon come down. Okay. They're very... Saucy. <laughs> there's some interesting <laughs> ones, yeah. Um, they're, they're just based on Swahili, Metali. Metali is proverbs. Oh, so. Like methyl in, in Arabic. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's okay. where it comes from. Wait, just before, since we're on the Arab subject, mm. right? Uh, apparently, Mombasa 
was derived from an Arab name, Mom, I forget it, Momsa. Momsa? No idea. Anyway, I need to say. So apparently Mombasa was derived from an Arabic name. I forget the name though. I should know it. Yeah. But then it became Mombasa. But then I feel like a lot of people just make these things up. It's like I heard someone once say, where do you think Boshar came from? Uh It, It used to be Abu Shar. Oh. The, the father of evil. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like Abushar, 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 Boshar, Boshar. It became Boshar. And that was his explanation for me. I'm like, sure, bro. Oh man. Yeah. So then, but you didn't take it, evidently. Well, I live there now, so. <laughs> Boshar is nice. Do you have scorpions? I haven't seen one yet, but I do love Boshar. I got scared of Boshar because I was told there's scorpions. So nah. I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. No. So yeah. Okay. So I found. Yeah, Hadir there in the background is saying it's true. I yeah yeah. I've not. Se- I've lived there for seven years. I've not seen a single uh, scorpion, and I go up the dunes every day. No, I don't every day. You see the snakes? You s- snakes in the mountains? Yes, I've heard snakes and scorpions, which is why I never looked at Busha. Okay, let me see the next picture. So this is. I know you can't really see, but this you can. This is now yes. shows proper. Look where I'm running around. <laughs> Obviously, somebody was there to take uh, the picture. You're wearing you're wearing slippers, though. I did because so you, I, no guesses who was there to take the picture. Who? My mother. Okay. <laughs> That's the only so reason they she, she would have. Oh, my mom would have thwomped me. My mom was very strict. So. But she was the one that um, decided you should go to a Kenyan school. I'm not sure if it's necessarily her or my stepfather were combined. Hmm. Yeah. But it seems like she wanted you to integrate. She did want me to integrate. Um, I guess it's a reflection of what she wanted for herself as well to integrate. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. She did integrate a lot. She, she's, but she kind of connected more with the Kikuyu. My stepfather is from the Kikuyu community. She connected more with that, so hmm. I feel like she really fits in there. Yeah, yeah. Where Even is she the food today? she cooks, she cooks something like she likes cooking mukimo. What's that? Which is mukimo is like with pumpkin leaves and um, potatoes, like a mash. Think of it like a bit of a greeny, green-toned mash. Yeah, it's yeah. my understanding that your, that your mom would cook more uh, Swiss, Swiss meals. She tried. Yeah? She tried for a while. Mm. I remember her serve, trying, attempting to serve tongue and th- things like that. Tongue? Cow tongue. Interesting, that's very Armani. In, really? <laughs> <gasps> oh man, it gets brutal. I didn't know that. Yeah, they eat the uh, the. Yeah, I don't want to. It's I don't. It's very difficult to watch. But usually in big gatherings with a big and big event, they will bring also the head. Okay. And it will be on on the plate. Yeah. And then the guy who has the honors. Yeah. Would open up the jaws. Wow. Yeah, and like ta da! <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go? <laughs> I would run. I'm glad I haven't been put in a position like that because I cannot eat, eat tongue to this day. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm just like, can I have boko boko instead, please? I really like boko boko. Yeah, me too. Yeah, can I have that instead? I will have that instead. Um, but yeah, so. Can I ask you, and this is like, it's not relevant, but we've, yeah. I've had this conversation with uh, Emmett, actually, a colleague. Yeah. Where can people buy good boko boko in Oman? Because the best ones we have during Eid are the ones that are made at home. Yeah. So outside of Eid, I, there, are, there are many attempts, but they're not the same. I haven't found one, to be honest. The best one I've tried is at my 
relatives, Hanifa, her name is Hanifa, at mm. her house. Uh, she's my husband's cousin, so that's where we go for Eid. Does she do Boka Boka off-season? I can get her to do Boka <laughs> Boka off-season. Oh, it's legendary. Um, actually, the, the one we tried this time was her, one of her closest friends called Asia did it, and it was so good. Oh. I'm going to try and see if I can get you some. You have to try it. So now I have Mahamri. I'm telling you, there's food Boko coming. Boko. I don't know if they're going to come at the same time because that combination, I'm listen, not sure. Listen, I love this job. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> if this is what I'm getting out of it, I'm happy. Um, uh, so you started to become aware that you are different, you know? Yeah, I became aware I was different in school once I went to school. Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, once I started school, probably around KG2 standard one. When you're more, people are more vocal. Kids are more vocal. What's the what's the word? Do they use mzungu? They use mzungu mm. to refer to me, and I didn't like it. I mm. didn't like it at all. And I remember getting nasty sometimes, like or angry rather, and going, "No, I'm Africa, and you African, <laughs> you know?" Because I was like, "Why are you calling me that ever name?" You know, it made me feel really because I was like, "Why are they? Why have they like mm. completely pulled me apart?" I've 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 been with you guys. We were in diapers in class just the other day together, and we've been growing together why all of a sudden um and then obviously my hair was always touched my skin was always touched i liked my hair being touched because the girls would practice braiding my hair oh cool and i loved that and i used to always get my hair braided because it was i was lazy i didn't want to brush it mm-hmm. and it was easy to do when i used to go to the salon until i got chawa i don't know if you know chawa Mm-mm. chawa is lice it was once i went to a salon in congo Air to do my hair for school and I got lice and my hair was all chopped off by mom. Yeah. So, but I, I liked the braiding. I liked when the girls played with my hair. I was like their doll. I was their life-size doll pretty much. And yeah. For lack of, <laughs> let's go play with them Zungus. Yeah, hair. let's go play with her hair. So break time, lunchtime, the girls would, we'd be like under a tree. I remember in school and there was this one girl, Aisha, used to, she was very good at braiding hair. Hmm. Aisha and she would just braid my hair and it was fun. I liked it. That does sound fun. It was fun. I looked at it as a as a good it was fun for me. I didn't look at it. I didn't feel attacked at that. I just felt attacked when people would just go Mzungu. I'm like, you know, I have a name, call me by my name. Would you call your childhood a happy one? <clears throat> Not really. Hmm. Not really. Um, first of all because I'm from a divorce background and I lost my brother. Hmm. That was already pretty traumatic. And then trying to fit in, you know, I, I didn't fit in. I didn't have white friends growing up. I didn't fit in there. I tried. And mom, bless her soul, she did try to organize play dates with white kids. Mm. But there was no connection. They were, a lot of them were British, you know, and their families had been in Kenya for generations. So ex-colonialists. We were very, they went to different schools. Mm. They had a different lifestyle. Their Sundays were spent on boats and on the beach. And Fancy. My, my Sunday was going to a place like Blue Room, local place for ice cream. Okay. Or if we were really lucky, um, we would go to Shimba Hills, which was a, a park, a national park. And you could drive around. So that was our Sundays, you know, yeah. if at all. That's also, that also sounds really nice. I, I felt like it was good. I, I liked it. Yeah. I liked that part of it. I really loved going there. Um, we also used to go to a place called Mamba Village, which was a crocodile farm. But they used to have a disco on Sundays for kids. Mm. <laughs> and there was dance competitions and I won a couple. Hey. I didn't win money. I just won a poster. 
a few times. Mm. <laughs> get a poster of Mamba Village. <laughs> it's just like, promote I, to this. That I feel conned about. Yeah, like promote this. You know? <laughs> Wait, so so you won the competition, and I'm assuming it was a more African type of it dancing. It was African, yeah. You yeah. d- you didn't come to do your Swiss. How does the Swiss dance? I'm not sure. Oh Lord, I don't even think I want to. <laughs> Um, do they have a dance? I'm pretty sure they have like an old folklore type dance. I feel like European dancing, this is no offense to anyone, it tends to be shoulder up. Mm-hmm. And African tends to be um, waist down. Waist down and more rhythm, isn't it? I mean, that is that is the... Yeah, that, that's that, what they say. That's right? one, one thing my sisters and I joke about all the time when it comes to our mother is the complete, utter lack of rhythm. Yeah. It's non-existent. <laughs> For, I mean, even when we'd be in church and she's like singing and clapping, <laughs> the clapping is off. That's how we're just like, Mom, like, you're, we, you know, we're dying laughing. Yeah, she's like completely off. And I'm just like, yo, mother, madre, why? <laughs> so interesting. You're a great case study then. Mm. Are you born with rhythm or is it learned? I think it's learned. Mm. Yeah, I think it is. I feel like mm, to an extent. I mean, if you look at babies, oh, I haven't really seen European babies dance to. Because if you look at like babies from Brazil, you've seen the videos of little babies in Brazil, for example, dancing to to the music there. So things with beats. I've they move. Yeah. They move to the beats. I've definitely seen. You know the the there's these um, these African groups oh, and they're yeah. younger kids and they coordinate dance. Oh they're my sensational. god, that's amazing. And it's always been like that. And kids, even from even from my time, music was a big part when kids would dance. Hmm. Um, and in schools. We would have drama festival where you would do traditional dancing. And oh, it was a what festival? Drama. It was called drama festival. Oh, okay. So you would have people doing poetry. Hmm. So I competed once for poetry in Kiswahili called Mashairi. And I won. <laughs> I don't remember the poem much, but I won with that. And then we also went with uh, traditional dancing. Hmm. So it was mostly... Um, I, yeah, it was, uh, I think, from the Bantu region. So... So you dress up and you would do the traditional local dances. And so we did that. I must feel like I was used like a token now that I look back. <laughs> I really feel like that was it. The school, I feel like the school. Here's the token white person. Yeah, look at our white person dancing <laughs> traditional Kenyan dances. I feel like, I, I don't know if that was how it was used back then. My teachers were. What matters is how you perceived it. How I had mm-hmm. so much fun. I got to, I didn't have to sit in class and mm. study. I got to go in because you'd have to practice, right? Yeah. So that means I'm missing math class to go and practice. Yo, that sounded like a that good deal. Fun. I was like, I mean, sign me up. That's how I felt about Kashafa. You What's know, the, the scouts. Ah, okay, okay. I, honestly, it wasn't like it wasn't appealing. No offense. I know they're like hardcore scouts people as an adult as well. Mm. But I wasn't. I wasn't that fascinated. But it was my ticket out of class. Yeah. So sign me up. I think we looked every. A lot of people just looked for a ticket out of class. I was definitely one of them. I was gonna go to the military training at some point just because I thought ticket out of class. I could use some losing weight. <laughs> Oh my god, I wanted to join the Swiss military and my dad refused completely. My mom supported me Mm. um, just because I felt like it was a a ticket to free education. Swiss military? 
What's Listen, that? Not, so, so, <laughs> it exists. I know the Swiss have never... The Swiss have a military? Yes. I'm like, Why? I don't understand. I'm like, you guys didn't colonize anybody. No, the whole, their whole thing, with anyone, their whole marketing peace. is we don't, we don't war. Do you know, <laughs> so Swiss, Switzerland as a country has the highest number of gun users or gun owners in the com- world. It's probably compensating for no war. Yeah. So everybody, so any guy who's been in the military is given a gun, mm. but no ammo. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. So you have the gun, you don't have the ammo. So you get the ammo because you have to regularly train, right? Mm. So when you go to train, you sign up, you get your ammo, and there's shooting ranges everywhere. Really? Every, every, you're walking, there's a shooting range. Like every town has shooting ranges. That's crazy. uh, That's That's not what you would expect. Not from Switzerland. Not from Switzerland. I expected to find like chocolate factories everywhere. And cheese. I was so disappointed. Really? (laughs) I've never been there. Although it's one Uh, of those spots I definitely want to visit. You have to, you have to. But I would say definitely go look for the grassroots type of groups that do the tours Mm. and really go to the, you know, do the camping vans if you can, or even just tents. Do you go? Do you do you do with you go my there? three kids? No, I go there, mm. just not the grassroots way. What does that I, mean? I go the bougie way now because I have three kids. Fair enough, man. Yani, I, I just don't have the that. patience to deal with complaints the whole night. <laughs> you know, you have these as a parent, you have these grand ideas of oh, let's go camping. It'll be so much fun. You mm. go, you set up your tent. Ah, oh, mama, there's doodos like bugs. Ah, <laughs> oh, mama, it's this. Ah, oh, mama, I want my pillow. I want my blankets, and you're like. So much for roughing it out. Would you like me to pack a couch next time we come? You know, like, as it is, we have a toilet tent with a toilet inside it and a shower. Yeah, that's, that's already bougie. Already for a lot we've of reached that level, you know. And we're making like cookies. We're baking cookies while camping. I'll tell you what. We go out on a quick break. Yeah. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about something that I'm sure is a big theme in your life. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna get into food yet. Yeah. We'll keep that for later. But I, w- I would love to go into um, identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll be right back. This is Oh my FM. Sit back, buckle up, get ready for the ride. Hotter than the weather outside. Bubble with the butter, what a taste on the coming, brother. Color, let's turn up on a sunset drive. You already know whether it goes fast or slow. We got it all for you on 90.4. The Nation Station. 90.4 FM. And we're back. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening. Uh, with me here is Vanessa Mehri, a.k.a. Swahili Food. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. When I was growing up, one thing that I absolutely hated, okay, mm. which now I love, was how a lot of kids, uh, not a lot of kids, but s- some kids, I would mm. say, would call me... Oh, Zanzi, in a very derogatory way. Mm. And so I grew up for a long time feeling that, no, I am, I had to defend my Omaniness. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I am Omani. I'm as Omani mm. as you. Mm. I grew up here. Mm. Um, my, I had to prove that somehow I am pure lineage for some reason. I don't know why I, w- I was made to feel like that mattered. Mm. Even though from my mother's side, my great grandmother was actually African, mm. which, you know, 
and it went on throughout middle school all the way till high school i used to get offended in fact i used to get into physical fights just trying to like don't don't call me wow. that it was almost like an offense yeah which is yeah. hilarious now because this is something that i am <laughs> so proud of. proud of right now like so, uh, east african people are so cool yes it's so much fun and i'm proud to be omani and i'm proud to to have that uh, lineage or heritage as well yeah and i think Uh, for me and a lot of people like me here in Oman yeah. we, we are not really we're neither you know we we are the mixture of both yeah so the first time i visited zanzibar I was about 13 years old mm. and i went my mom was pregnant with my brother who is 18 right now uh and i remember going out with them and a dude uh, just i heard him call us muarab <laughs> And I, I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. in the motherland. <laughs> I've been called Zanzi, Zanzi my whole there, life. And now I come here and you're like... And now you're calling me Muarabu. Yeah. So I really... Coming back, and I was only 13, 14. So yeah. it really confused me. Yeah. And I started to battle with that. It's like, I don't belong to you. I don't belong to them. And I didn't have a community of people who now I do yeah. a community of people who share my background. Yeah. So it was something that I battled with a lot. Now you being uh, Swiss, it's similar actually. And not only that, at least you know I could um, facially maybe I could blend in, but for you, you're for so obviously yeah. uh, European. Yeah. It was yeah, it was painfully hard. I'll tell you. There's other I've met other kids who've grown up in a similar scenario, not exactly like I haven't met anyone's in East Africa who have a black step parent. I haven't met them yet. Mm. The ones I've met are usually kids who have missionary parents. So they speak Kiswahili really well, but they have missionary parents, both their parents are white. They have their identity. Mm. And they stuck with that side. But then there's me, you know, where do I go? And I remember mm-hmm. struggling with it for a very long time. When did it become a problem or something that consumed your mind? The older I got, the harder, I, especially going to Switzerland, that really, I was really struggling to fit in. I didn't have a sense of belonging. So more in Switzerland. More in Switzerland, surprisingly, because I was treated differently mm. in Switzerland. I have a Swiss passport, but I was treated very differently there. Because culturally, you're a Kenyan at this point. Mm-hmm. pretty much um, how you act your your traditional ways I had I have my ways I'm set in my ways pretty much but that um, point you're what 15 15 going to going on 16 mm. I was really young and um, and I have a friend who's in a similar a similar situation like me but she was like she was Giriyama now Giriyama is one of the tribes in on the East African coast okay and she spoke fluent Giriyama Right. But when she her parents were both German, so she still had that connection and she would go to Germany every year. Hmm. We didn't fly nowhere because our parents was like, we don't have budget for this. Yeah. You know, so it's not like we were regularly taken. They're like, oh, this is where you're from. And mm-mm. but how did it manifest itself? This feeling of not belonging in Switzerland, did something happen? It's. Yeah, it's just like I, like I mentioned earlier, like with the food, I would cook yeah. pilau and you're so proud, like you've slaved away to really put this meal on the table with uh, the family members there. And you're like, wow, they're going to love it. And then they're all like, mm, 
do you have yogurt? Do you have this? You know, like they would. To be fair, yogurt does go well with pilaf. It does, but they really wanted to drown it, to like <laughs> drown out the spices and and stuff. You know, and I, mm. I didn't even leave the spices in for them. I took the spices out because I knew that's like already now we're going too far for them. I took out the spices, mm. you know, because now asking them to start picking out spices, it would have been a problem. Yeah. Um, but I made stuff like that. I made chapati, and they're just like, mm, this thing is tasteless. Let's not even start with ugali. Uh, ugali is, is an acquired taste, that's for sure. I, I love it, though. I struggled liking it as a kid. Really? Yeah, I was not a fan. Although um, I'm a fan now with some fish curry. Yeah. Oh, like the, the daga. <laughs> yeah, the daga, same? yeah. I have a video for that <laughs> on my on my channel. Okay. Um, with with uh, skumawiki. Skumawiki is uh, kale, basically. Okay. And the, I don't know if you know, but skumawiki means to push the week so when you're Skuma not week. feeling like a baller and you don't have money for chicken and any you know proteins that's what you're having and that's kind of interesting like, kale huh yeah, and kale. now you get it in whole foods uh, yeah i was just like <laughs> i am not paying that money for skuma wiki you'll be joking what because that's something that just grew on the street you pick up and then you just like saute it with oh, it's nice though yeah. you saute it with onions and tomatoes and you're asking me to pay what I, the other day i looked it was like six real i was like huh. wow no, thank you. For school my week? <laughs> yeah. No, man. I need to grow my own. Really, yeah. at this point. But yeah, so stuff like that. Um, but I, I didn't, obviously, I didn't have access to school my week in Switzerland, but I did the chapatis. I did the, I think I even tried Mahamri, but none of it was taken well. How long was that trip? How long did you stay there? I lasted two years. Oh, two whole years. Yeah, two years. Wow. And then I went back. So I wanted to, I really wanted to become a doctor. So in Switzerland, they have this thing. It's like vocational training, kind of. I think you could yeah, yeah. compare it to that. So I was able to work in a hospital for about a year. Mm. Um, and I was, I was so fascinated with medicine and just the human body, how it worked. But I'd, done just, I'd only done my O-levels and the Swiss schooling system was different. So it was either I do four years in Switzerland or I take myself back to Kenya and I do my A-levels. So I decided... I need to go to Kenya first and make that decision. So I went to mm. Kenya on holiday. I didn't even have enough money. My auntie had given me gold coins. I smack myself every time I think about this story. One of my aunties gave me a gold coin for every year of my life. She was, she was my auntie, but also my godparent. Mm. So when I was 18, I was given 18 gold coins. Wow. It's like so like pirate days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I sold some. Yeah, I sold some to buy my plane ticket to go back. First. How much would that be worth? I think at the time it was like 200 something francs. So 200 something dollars for a coin. For a coin? A coin. Wow. Back then, yeah. As an 18 year old, that's like... You're a baller. Literally, you hit gold. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was like, mm, I'll have this and this and this. But yeah, I, you know what? I kid you not. I even looked at business class tickets. I was like... <laughs> Shall we try? I didn't though. <laughs> the, yeah. You know, sense came over me. So anyway, I went home and I went home on holiday initially and I didn't go back. Hmm. Yeah. So then I went to do my A-levels, which was so difficult because now you've worked, you've earned some money, not that much, but you've earned. Hmm. And then you've got your gold coins. So you're a baller. And now you have to put a school uniform and go back with a bunch of 15 year olds. Nah, man. Are you kidding? I did it. <laughs> Thankfully, when I was there, um, one of uh, somebody I knew had done this a similar thing. Mm. So there was a lot of us, like at the time, like older kids, 
in that scenario. So we had our own little group. Mm. Um, and one was a, a prominent, at the time the dad was a prominent minister in Tanzania, and he was there too. Oh. And we really got that. He was my brother. He's a Tanzanian, my brother, 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 to this day. Um, his dad went on to become president of Tanzania. Oh, wow. Which was so cool, yeah. But such a, we had a really good um, relationship, all of us, our little group, and it helped us get through that year. Um, nobody went on to do the second year. We only did one year. Hmm. But we were all like, mm, maybe not. And then I really had to say, do I really want to go to med school and, and slog away for six years? The passion wasn't big enough for that. Hmm. Yeah. It's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. Um, but I don't know how any kid at that age is capable of making that decision. It's a long-term decision. And perhaps that's why a lot of people leave medical school. At it some is. Point. My sister left after four years. Hmm. Hmm. She got to her fourth year and she just, she ended up, uh, she changed and she did marketing and she's so good at it. She belongs there. She still loves hmm. medicine. She's fascinated. We still read a lot on medicine. Oh yeah. We still read a lot about it. The both of us reading medical journals mm. with those people. While other people are on the toilet looking at TikTok, <laughs> we're reading medical <laughs> journals. So sad. Okay, no, that's so great. You're a geek. You're one <laughs> yeah. of us. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's what we do. Um, yeah, I always thought it was crazy that a 16 or 17 year old is tasked expected to make that to make a decision that would affect their entire lives. Yeah. Yeah. That idea is insane to me. And of course, very few would be lucky. Mm. Of course, that a lot of people would be unsatisfied with what they've studied because they chose as a kid. They didn't explore. They, all they knew is high school and their their circle of friends. And mm. now all of a sudden, yeah. they didn't explore what the world has to offer. Yeah. They, they just took what their parents told, told them. them. And so many are, un are unhappy. How many people, I'm sure you know enough, I know more than enough, who studied, got their degrees and are so miserable in the job they're doing. It's majority, I feel. Or have gone a completely different route. Mm. Absolutely. So you're like, I mean, it's good for growth. It does open your mind when you go to uni. But I feel like a lot of them say, like, we're learning more in the workforce, in mm. life, than we ever did this. It's, it's almost like a waste. Like, we took money and threw it out the window. Yeah. That's And now with online learning... The game's changing, isn't it? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why there is a sense of trying to rush kids to just get a degree. Uh, I mean, aren't you better off just waiting a little bit and then yeah. finding the right thing? Yeah, so you know, instead of just wasting that money, essentially. Yeah. You can't call it a waste entirely, but and it's so yeah, and the education system. I've been homeschooling my kids for two years. So oh, really? When you tell me about the education system. How old are I'm your just kids? Like 13 and soon to be seven. You're, homes you're homeschooling a 13-year-old and a 7-year-old? Mm -hmm. How is that? Do I have gray hairs showing? <laughs> I feel like I should. And I had a baby in between. Um, you know, the first year was the hardest. Mm. It's really hard because you're trying to set boundaries. You know, we're still, we're home, but there still has to be a boundary and there has to be structure. Mm. Without those two elements, it cannot work. You know, yeah. so the first year was really tough. Um, I was teaching my son had to I had to teach him how to read and write. He didn't know how to do that. You know, he's an excellent reader now, and I'm so proud. You know, I'm like I did that. Yeah. You know, um, it helps that he's really bright, though. <laughs> yeah. It helps a lot. So this year has been easier because my daughter is able to do her own planning, 
And when she has a topic, she's able to research it, you know, and it sticks better, isn't mm. it? When you, when you have to research something yourself rather than just being handed a textbook and you're told memorize that, yeah. it sticks better if you're watching YouTube videos on the subject and you're picking up from everywhere. Maybe not Wikipedia for them at that age, but YouTube a lot. So she'll YouTube a, a certain, even with math, you know, with um, complex math, she's able to just YouTube and get it. If she's really stuck, she'll come to me. But can you figure yes. out? Yeah, yes. you're good at math. So I was very good at math in my early years. And then I became a complete rebel. I didn't even want to show up to class. I was one of those. Um, surprisingly, now when, when I look at what she's doing, mm. I'm able to, sometimes I have to do a refresh and I, I, I look online, but I get it immediately. So, which means well, me I think you might be underestimating how difficult that's going to get in a couple of years. Um, because it's like you're building upon the foundation and you're building and you're building. And it's yeah. like, I, I could not for the life of me help a 14 or 15 year old. It was in okay. Their so, I, I did take math for A levels. So, I'm not, okay. I'm not entirely garbage. Oh, okay. at it. I'm, I'm the very fact that garbage. I chose it was just, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. and in our household, my husband does not like math at all, mm. which is surprising. He's a pilot. You'd expect him to. <laughs> but yeah, so I am the one who has to do that part. And chemistry. I love chemistry, though. So for me, chemistry is, that's what I have the most fun with. I love teaching. So I'm, I'm very involved in the chemistry class. How many hours uh, do they spend studying per day? It depends. So she has to pick four subjects a day. Mm. So it's up to her. Because... We are not, we don't just uh, pick up books and decide, yeah, we're doing the British school. We actually follow a system. Oh, okay. It's called Woolsey Hall. So what hall? Woolsey Hall. Woolsey. It's Cambridge accredited, okay. yeah. So you have, you open your laptop, mm. which your lesson plan is there. This is what you're learning about. Look at this book, this page, That's go good. to this link. So you're guided. Yeah. But you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what I love about the system is, my daughter has been writing so much manually because the art of writing is, a, is soon becoming a lost art. Well, I mean, I got this guy. Mm -hmm, you know? mm. So I, I see the value of writing. For some reason, it sticks more. But in you're writing, head. not typing. I'm actually writing. Yeah. Yeah. But and kids and it's, this is the main reason. It's because, yes, I could type and yeah. I've been doing that. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't know, things don't stick in my head not as much. Not when you type. Yeah. yeah. No, like schools are trying to be progressive now. Mm. And like the my daughter's previous school and my son's previous school, my daughter had a, an iPad mm. and everything was being done on the iPad. And she was struggling academically. She was struggling in general. And now she's been doing homeschooling. She's she's doing so well, mashallah. I'm like really surprised. Are you ever worried that uh, because she's homeschooled that she would be too different from the other kids? Because... I. Do you see that there might be some value in her being around other kids? So there's actually a very big homeschooling community that meets up weekly. In Oman? In Oman. Okay. So we'll do stuff together. We'll go to the museums. We'll go to um, libraries. We we'll go to different places or ice skating. Yeah. Or we'll go to Trampo. You know, different things. So they're getting that. And my daughter still has her friends from... She's not a person who wants too many friends. She's very selective. Mm. She prefers quantity over, uh, quality over quantity. And she's, she has her friends from her old school, two, two, three friends that she's really, she really gelled with. And they meet up regularly. So according so to her, I, because I asked her this question and mm. she told me, what I really love about homeschooling is the noise has been filtered out. 
When mm. it's time to focus on studies, you're focusing on studies. The whole because teenagehood is a tough time. We oh know. my god! They have. If you paid me a million reals, I, I wouldn't would go back. I would never want to go back to teenagehood. It Absolutely. was a hard, hard time. Yeah. And you know they're they're starting at thirteen. They're having boyfriends at thirteen. Mm. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you holding hands? <laughs> what is the conversation like? Like what is? I'm mm. almost too scared to ask kids that go to school now that question because I feel like they're so advanced now, you know. Even with TikTok and stuff, it's it's mm. scary. Right. Um. So I've loved being able to hold her back from it. But my my daughter's not. She doesn't even have a cell phone, and she she's okay with it. You know, she she's not uh, like everybody has a cell phone. I don't have a cell mm-hmm. phone. She knows it. She knows why, and she hasn't really like sulked about it yeah and you know teenagers sulk a lot yes yeah. i was one of them for yeah. sure so was i <laughs> oh well i mean i from a young age i even have a let's I, see it wait i'll show you i had it here i sulked so much i love that you got this entire album oh my you. god uh, hey, what we'll do is uh we'll, we will with we will. cake who sulks with cake that's me look at that face <laughs> I obviously I, <laughs> I grossly disapprove of my mom's baking skills. <laughs> That's all I could. Can, can I say that every single picture of me as a kid on my birthday, I'm crying. Me too. Well, I'm not crying. I'm either that or yeah. I'm not crying, but I'm sulking. I hated it. I guess I I was an introvert back then. Even we I didn't just, want. We didn't know what that was. That's so and it, weird. It, I, and it was like the birthday was never for me. It was for my mom and the family. You know. This yeah. This comes right off. So look at that. I I just didn't look happy. This is just terrible. But now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> this is so nice to hang out and look at my album, huh? You know, you you just look angry. Yes, I, me, I'm like bawling in tears. <laughs> I was angry. I was such a, yeah. No, my my poor mom. I I feel for her. She really, she had a tough time with the son. I was angry. So, but then you know what? I'm able to really um. <laughs> so much younger. I think you might want to sit back a little for the microphone's I'm, sake. Yeah. I'm much younger. Yeah. Sorry. I hope I didn't go. That's fine. ASMRing in your ears, <laughs> but yeah. So that's awesome. And then that—that's when is my this, is there a I happy nine, one? Yeah, is I was there? nine when my love for food began. I oh. baked my sister a birthday cake. What? Well, you're the one on the right. Yes. Okay. Telling her not to touch my art. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And in fact, way to transition into the next section of our food. conversation. Yeah. Do you believe that we made it this long into the interview without really delving into food? It's crazy. Yeah, I, it was the restraint that I had to. It took a while. Eh? Yeah. Ah, yes. But before we move into food, we're going to do that after the break. However, yeah. um, it sounds to me that you struggled with your identity primarily in yes. Switzerland. But you're telling me you didn't experience that in Kenya. No, Kenyans you felt just, fully belonged. Yeah, because to them, like Kenyans would just be like, "Who you?" In Swahili, they'd say, mm. "Who names Ungueto?" It's our our white person. Our white man, yeah. <laughs> so you know that that became the name. So and still to this day, That's a lot cute. of people say "Umzungueto." Yeah. You know, even on Instagram, some some followers will like "We're watching Umzungueto." You know, or like "Oh, Topenda Umzungueto." You know, there's that sense of belonging. You know, of course, doing what I do mm. will raise is bound to raise some eyebrows because mm. there's a fine again. There's that fine line between 
cultural appropriation and appreciation, isn't there? Yeah. But where do you put me in that equation? Because you grew up with this culture. Yeah. It's not like you're... A tourist that just yeah, decided exactly. to... Yeah, So. Which some people do here in our mind. It's very weird. Mm. We're not going to name names, but it's a little too much. Oh, I feel like I need to drink something for this one. But yeah, but where is the line, right? Where is actually this is an interesting topic of discussion. Uh, In one hand, you're like amazing. They're trying to integrate with the culture. They're trying to learn about the culture. And Mm. it's beautiful. Yeah. But then there is a moment where it starts to get a little cringy. And I'm just not sure where that line is, where you're you're like, you're not like, you're like, you're being more Omani than Omanis. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I've, this is so strange to say, but I've, I've had this problem where I've looked at white people go to Kenya, braid their hair and have their beads and try to be very Kenyan. I'm like, stop. Mm. What are you doing? You, this is not your, you're not allowed to do this. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah. Do you still second. battle with your identity today? I do sometimes. How? Um, well, sometimes you'll get, uh, not very often. I can't say I've I've experienced this a lot. Maybe three times in the whole time I've done Swahili food, somebody would be like, "You have no right to to represent Swahili food or even teach Swahili food." I'm guessing they have no idea about your background. No, they don't. So, and the beauty is, I have you know the the Swahili food community, the family that I've managed to. I now have a proper family that really holds me through. They've mm. held me through so many times. Um, they stand up for me. And give me a voice when sometimes I don't even have my own voice to speak because I, I don't have the words. Yeah. So they're there in my corner. And that's why family is so important, isn't it? And mm-hmm. family is not always blood family. Yeah. And that's what I found through this. I have people who I've formed such such strong bonds with through this. And I, I do fight about it with myself. And my best friend is Kenyan, one of my best friends. in. I, I like that I have a best friend in Kenya and one in Oman. So <laughs> Maya... Say the mayor is my they, best friend in Oman. Yeah. And Nyawera Gidai is my best friend in Kenya. Are they friends? <laughs> They're not friends. Ooh. <laughs> and then the ultimate best friend of best friend is actually my sister. Mm. And I feel like And none of them are friends with each other. They are rivals. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm like You've been like, wise. You've been keeping the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I kept them in like there's a When you're angry at one, you go and complain. There's a love the triangle other. there. <laughs> I made I literally made a triangle. Um but yeah, so I would go, especially to Nyawera, and she's heard me not only just discuss, but cry about it. Mm. Because sometimes it gets very intense. You're like, where do I be- belong, Nyawera? And she'd be like, oh God. She's yeah. always like, here we go again. <laughs> That's how she starts. Mm. Because she doesn't understand why I'm giving it that much power. Or why, if, if somebody comes and writes a horrible remark about that, why are you giving them power? Yeah. You know? Especially when you have so many more that are positive. Yeah, and she'll tell me, she doesn't even want to give me, her response is always, you are more Kenyan than I am. Mm. We're not even having this discussion. Yeah. That's always what you It's crazy just, how that works, isn't it? Like, yeah. you can have a hundred great comments and then you have a couple of bad ones. And, and it that really, you down. Yeah. It does. That's why I say, like, these keyboard warriors need to, but then again, it's so easy to be mean when you're behind a screen, mm. isn't it? It is. Um, but for me, so that, that's why I haven't, I hadn't really talked about my background yet because I feel like I want to really, I wanted to really put that information together to also, because there's also another fight that's online is why are you calling it Swahili food? It's Indian food. We is have, it? 
So the Indian community is very emotional about the like chapati, for example. Why are East Africans calling it chapati mm. when in, when it should be paratha or roti? I see. I didn't come here during the spice route <laughs> and shuffle things around. But it would make sense that there'll be a lot of overlap considering that connection. It would. Yeah. But they they want it acknowledged. Every time you cook us apparently. <laughs> That's very difficult like to do. Like you uh, you can acknowledge it, but like do you have to mention it every, every time? Every time. You cook? No. So like there's one ongoing debate right now on a video that on Instagram that's almost got 3 million views mm. and there's only one particular person who's catching feelings about it mm-hmm. and other people who are also indian of indian origin tell them can't you just enjoy the food and just be happy yeah. and that's one thing i always say i'm like look do we need to dissect every aspect of life do we not have bigger problems yeah in life when it comes to food yes acknowledge the heritage yes It's Swahili food and that's why I don't make uh I don't know I haven't um how do I say it I haven't really tried to alter recipes I've tried to make them easier mm-hmm. with good reason because people are busy today and I really want people to cook at home more Right you know, that's the goal or have more home style food You can t- definitely tell looking at your content it yeah. makes it look easier than I don't know yeah. if it actually is No it um, is it uh, is that's why you don't see me But there. it seems like here boom 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 yeah. done you see No <laughs> delicious food I do food styling. Yeah. Why am I not food styling the meals I show? Yeah. Why am I not there with tweezers trying to put the perfect garnishes? Oh, you're doing that. I do that mm. on the side. That's one of the cheeky, things I cheeky. do. So if 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 you drive if you drive right now through Muscat you'll see some some billboards with some of the work I've done. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you point out what it, Yeah, the the tal- like the recent Talabat ones no way. I've done. Yeah. But the thing is, why am I not doing that for Swahili food? Because it's supposed to be homely. Mm. You know, it's it's not supposed to be kind of, uh, I don't know, upmarket. Oh, okay. I assume you elevated. do that for Swahili food in, in, in a way, you know, how you make something look natural? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, But it's actually styled to look natural? Well, know? mine is natural. Okay. It's made natural. <laughs> Even for the book, the, the, the upcoming book. Yeah. I oh I can't wait to share it with with everybody. Mm. There's so many elements even the props that were brought to kind of really give an idea of Mombasa and how things are served. Well, we're going to go on a quick break and we come back. Finally, you've all been waiting for this. We're going to talk about food <laughs> from the beginning, from the beginning, from the beginning <laughs> until today. To the here. <laughs> <laughs> the Nation Station 90.4 FM It's time to wake up with Jumpstart on Oman FM with Talal Jahri, Sunday through Thursday, 7 to 10 a.m., only on your nation's station. Jumpstart. This is Oman FM. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening on Oman FM. Abdullah Al-Ma'wali here. And with me is Vanessa from Swahili Food. We've been talking about her life, her journey, but we've avoided talking about the food part of it. But we're going to jump into that now. So if you could tell me, or if you could remember when you you started cooking, not necessarily when you fell in love with it, but mm, when I started. Who, who introduced you to the idea? Mm. I would say 
Our, the, the housing staff, the, our house manager, I like to call her house manager. She was more of a mother to me, though, than anything. Her name was Rose. Mm. Is, she's still alive, Rose Wanjiko. She really made me love cooking because she loved cooking. Mm. And she'd always try to find different recipes, Swahili food recipes, and cook them. And she'd ask me, you know, have you tried this? You know, um... What's tell me? She's like, have you tried it? So where is she from? She's actually Kikuyu. Okay. But then uh, she lived in Mombasa pretty much all her life. Mm. So she became to a Mombasa, mm-hmm. Mombasa person. Yeah. So she would cook that. That made me love food. Um, and then the Kenyan school, the canteen. Mm-hmm. We'd have pilau for lunch, no have way. chapati. We had the good stuff. It's kind of heavy, no? So I was like, it was oh, good. it's good though. Oh, it was good. It was good. <laughs> um, I loved the food so much. Mm. Actually, I have an injury from one of the pots. I have a scar here. Wow. And I was battle running. Wounds. Battle wound. It's not one I did to myself, mm. but I was running to class after lunch and this guy was carrying this big sufuria. Mm. It is called sufuria, right? Mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. big sufuria. And he was coming around a corner. I was coming around a corner and we met. And wow. the pilau sufuria did that to me. And that's how you fell so in love. So Swahili food has even scarred me <laughs> <laughs> physically. Um, yeah, so that's how. But yeah, so I loved the food in the canteen and mm. stuff. I was like, I really want to learn how to do this at home because... Mom is, and at the time, my stepdad had cholesterol issues, so everything was boiled, which is Kikuyu mm. culture, by the way. Everything is boiled. Really? With minimal, se- I mean, salt is a seasoning, and that's it. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, for, for the highlands, yeah. This is Mount Kenya region, mm. which is, it's not, it's very healthy for you, I have to say, because you just, you're boiling everything, and then when you think it's boiled, you boil it some more. And then you sprinkle a pinch of salt into oh, this. No, 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 it doesn't sound, it sounds like you removed all of the nutrients from the food you're eating. <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> it felt like that. Or like bones. Oh my goodness. Some of the things I ate up country, even the tea was watered down a oh, lot. Yeah. Um, so then, but so obviously I chose Swahili culture because the tea is rich. You know, we even have things like custard tea. Custard tea? Where you're adding a little custard powder to the tea. <gasps> Interesting. Game changer. Yeah. So now instead of, because if here, um, what I've noticed here is they use uh, this uh, evaporated milk mm-hmm. and sometimes condensed milk as well. Yeah. You just need a teaspoon of custard or two. Is that how you do it? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. With a leaky, which is cardamom and custard yeah. powder. Yeah. Yeah. Does it give off any flavor other than sweetness? So the custard powder thickens the tea ever so slightly. Interesting. And then custard powder has vanilla in it. Well, vanilla essence. Yeah. So it gives it, the element of vanilla is introduced to your tea. I feel like so I have to have, try this now. Yeah, you have your, I feel like now I'm supposed to bring tea and my I didn't together. ask, but if you're offering, okay. She promised. You want to try it? You want to try that kind of tea? Okay. okay. To try it. All right. Wait, I need to take notes somewhere. And okay. I don't say no to food. Yeah. And just so you know. But so, it meant st- tea. so you better stop offering. So when am I coming? When should I come? I feel like I should come at a decent time for tea. Mm. I feel like I should swing uh, by around four. Okay. We'll, we'll make a plan. <laughs> right. Fair enough. And then you can put it on your stories there. That it actually did happen. Yes. Because <laughs> now I feel like everyone's expecting and may, uh, waiting for it to happen. You so, yeah. heard her, people. You know, I, I've been following this woman for many, many years. I never thought I'd hear this offer. <laughs> Thank you. You like Mbazi too? <laughs> yes. Okay. 
Why you keep offering? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, I want because I want to bring the perfect tea combo. So yeah. Mbazi, Mandazi, Mahamri and Mahamri. tea is a perfect combo. Uh, Mahamri, Mbazi and tea is heaven. Really? Unlocked. Interesting. That's for me that's heaven. And people be like really beans? Yeah, beans I don't I don't associate with tea necessarily. I do. But of course I will not say no. Okay, good. I'll I'll give you that experience and then you tell Azam, me what you think. Azam uh, who is a head of music he's in that other studio there we can see him through the glass. <laughs> so uh, we I don't know if you know Swahili food Vanessa uh, but uh, Azam is Azam Raisi his name he's married to a uh, a woman from a Zanzibari background. Oh nice. So uh, he understands the the power of Swahili food. It's good. Yes. Yeah? What what's your favorite? I don't know if we'll be able to hear him. What's your favorite? Oh, he's rolled the sleeve. He's like. rolled the sleeve. He he's getting ready yeah. for it. We won't be able to quite hear you, Azam, but I'll put your... Uh, go ahead. I like my... Oh. I like Ndizi. Ndizi. plantain. Yes. Wow, that's advanced, bro. With meat? With meat. Ah, so that's a different kind of... That's like the, the green banana. You don't do that in Kenya? No, we do, we do. We, do. we okay. call it matoke, though. Matoki. Mm, Matoki. Why every every name is different? So Mahamri Mandazi, Ndizi Matoki. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, we, we, for us, the Ndizi, what we call Ndizi in Kenya is actually the yellow bananas that you eat generally, like Mataka mm. Ndizi. You want banana, like normal banana. It has a it, it's a two word name to describe that meal, and I can't remember what it, Ndizi something. Ndizi Nazi. And that's Ndizi. That's Ndizi a banana coconut. With coconut yeah. I don't know if that's what they call it actually. Yeah, oh, oh his, uh, Azam's he's about ready. to say something. And it also depends on the weather, you know? Um, it, a weather like this, Mandazi with chai. Mm. Yeah. If she calls it Mahamri, be careful, or she'll not get you any. <laughs> <laughs> I've accepted, I've actually accepted, so now I, I use both. Yeah? Yeah. Interchangeably? Or depending on who you speak to. Depending on who I speak to so far. Like you, what what kind of This African one is Omani. Abasi <laughs> Mandazi. Mandazi is an Omani thing. Yeah. Even Mishka. We call it Mishkaki. Mm-hmm. You guys call it Mishkaki. No. You guys, Mishkak. Well, you call it Mishkak. Mishkak is a, a, an Arabic. Yeah. But Swahili, we call it Mishkaki. Yeah, Mishkaki. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, no, yeah. Well, but when I came here, they were like, you're Mishkak. Mishkak. I was like, wait, that's that's the Mishkak you mean? Yeah. Oh, good. I'll take <laughs> really, it. that confused it. It did confuse me. <laughs> Do you know? I really want to know the history of like food, like especially Mishkaki. Mm. Do you know that pepper steak? Mm-hmm. Uh, that pepper steak is part of also Swahili food. Did you know that? No. Like it's consumed a lot in like if you go to hotels and stuff. It's not like they 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 have pepper steak in hotels, but it's not necessarily just. Uh, a continental thing. Yeah. The Germans brought it to Africa. And it became an African thing. Yeah. So steak, the Germans steak was like with a fork and a knife. Pepper, pepper steak, a, specifically. Yeah. And Mishkaki has pepper. Mm. Right? Um, and then, obviously, there's garlic and ginger. So I feel like it started there. And then someone decided to make it better. So let's jump a few steps then. Mm. When did you realize that you really love cooking? Oh, and that's all I seem to do with my free time. And when was that? From, again, from the time I was nine, I always, I started making, it started with tea, just making tea for the family. I would wake up early. I was always an early bird at the time before I had kids that has changed. 
I would be up at six naturally. My body would just wake me up. And then I would go downstairs and I wanted to make Rose happy. So when she came to work, mm. tea's already ready. You know, she doesn't have to do that. That's nice. And I would like clean up and everything and have the thermos ready with the tea. And she'd come and she'd be like, oh, Vanessa, we shall be cause you know, she'd, that. So it was just, I was just doing it to please her. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally her pet. Um, and score brownie points with Rose because I knew she would make me chips for lunch instead of Ugali <laughs> that day. Because, <laughs> you know, our lunch was, it was a set menu. Yeah. You know, you're getting Ugali with cabbage or rice with cabbage that day. Or if you're really lucky, she would like give you chips or cubes. Or if you're really, really lucky, Vyazivyakarai, mm. which is packed potatoes. Ooh. So that was the set menu for my entire childhood. Yeah. I can relate in a way because for some reason when I was younger, maybe it's because all we ate at home was Swahili food. Yeah. That I, you know, you, you wanted anything else. Mm. So I got to a point where like, I don't, I don't want like, I don't, I don't want to gali. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah, pilau. Yeah. Like I, I just want McDonald's. We didn't have that. <laughs> just chips. Like we something. had Wimpy, but I don't even think it's the original authentic Wimpy we had. But What's that? What's that? <laughs> Wimpy. Wimpy burgers. It was like a fast food chain. I'm really not sure if it was the original. Here now, man. Awesome. No, this is oh, Kenya. Okay, never. You heard. guys had cool stuff here, I feel like. Yeah, we, we had, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot it now. <gasps> ah, never mind. Was uh, there was one that was in Al Khod. It's a very, it's, I think that still one exists right now. Huh? Yes! Oh my God! Yes, Batrif. Does it exist? Penguin. I, I don't know if it exists. <laughs> it means Yo, penguin. Can we Google it? It exists. Where does it exist? I feel like I need to go now. I need to go. There. Huh? It's in Sib. Yes, I think that's where the original was. Also, I think it wasn't Al It was Sib. Okay, you have to take me on a food tour for that then. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I don't remember. Like <laughs> Maybe when you see the menu, you'll be like, ah, you have to try this, Vanessa. And then I'll try it. And then my, my most prominent memory with Batariq is, you know, I grew up with my mother. My mom yeah. and dad are divorced. But yeah. uh, my dad, when he would come and pick us up, that's, that's the spot. Uh, I don't know why. But to me, the, my only memories associated with that place is when my, my father would take me and my sister to, to, to that spot. To that spot. Oh, cool. This, you just unlocked a memory, Vanessa. Food does That's that. crazy. Food does that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, for us, when we were taken out, like for a special meal, mm. it was chips and sausage. <laughs> and we were like, yeah! Chips oh, yeah. and sausage! Ha we had a chips and sausage face. Yeah, and then yeah. The, 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 you have to use the Kenyan sauce. What's a Kenyan sauce? It's it's a it's a brand of tomatoes. It's not ketchup. Mm. It's I don't even know what. You know, you've tasted <laughs> the Chinese uh, sweet sauce that's yeah. almost like gelatinous yes. a bit. It's pretty much that. So that's like what some I can. Starch in there. There's definitely starch in there. There's definitely food color in there. So it's comparable <laughs> to that. Yeah. Is blue band a thing in Kenya? B huge thing. Because I remember that when I went to Tanzania. Yeah. It's a huge thing. It's not I, butter. I don't know what it is. It's margarine. <laughs> but it's not, it doesn't even taste like normal. Mar it's a very specific in its flavor. It has a lot of salt. Yeah, it's it's, it's not for everyone. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, well, well, we used it for everything. We used it for bread. We used it for fries. Ooh, so you, this is, I, I don't know how I'm not dead right now. And many <laughs> of us, because you fry your fries, mm -hmm. your chips, we call it chips. And then you melt some blue band with garlic. Uh, you add Ooh. garlic, salt chilies you can add coriander you can add some lemon 
and now you bring your and chili powder. Then you bring your fried fries back into that and you coat it in that. That legit sounds good. Oh, as the younglings say, it slaps. It's <laughs> That's what he was like, it slaps. I'm like, what, what do you mean yeah, it slaps? They do say that. Yeah, the they're like, this meal slaps. The I'm way like, you say it is, yeah, it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> what slept? <laughs> Who slapped you? The food slapped you. Yeah, so they... Man, I feel like yeah. You know, when you have a teenager, you have to kind of keep sometimes yeah. I take, uh, say these things and my daughter's like, "Mom, you're so cringe." I'm like, "What does that even mean? When did I become cringe?" To I- be fair, I have an 18-year-old brother and I even though like, you know, I just turned 32 two days ago. I I, I see myself as still, uh, you know, young. The young guy. Yeah, and me then too. He, and then he he out of everyone in the world makes me feel old. Yeah, that's and my and he makes sure of it. Ooh, I think it's a younger brother thing. My younger brother Andrew does that all the time. And I genuinely do feel like ah, I'm not in touch anymore. Yeah. Like you guys say bet now. Bet means uh, like sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bet, bet. Bet. Like what and, are you saying? <laughs> and bro comes out a lot. You bro. Uh, yeah, bro my, is, my kid calls me bro. But bro is a millennial thing is also. It? But I feel like it, it had disappeared for a while. And then came back. It's, it's made its debut again. I feel like bro is big in Oman. Maybe it really? never left in my opinion. Well, my son calls me bro. That's cool. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I'm just like, I'm a, okay. I'm, I'm a girl, <laughs> but I'll be a bro. Because so, he's always like, I'd be like, do you want to eat this? He's like, bro, I'm not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do your kids refer to you as? Uh, Mama, like, mother. Oh, Mom. Mom. Yeah, but my my son calls my dad. This is so funny. My son calls my dad Chopper Boy. What does that mean? So when he was a baby, he would like smack mm. everybody. You know, babies do. And my husband would always be like, uh, Chapa Chapa, Chapa yeah. Boy, Chapa Boy. So he called him Chapa. He called my son. So it was, essentially, it was my son's nickname from my husband. Yeah. So he became Chapa Boy. I don't know where along the line, my son decided that's my husband's name. So he doesn't call him dad, papa, baba, nothing. It's yeah. Chapa boy. Yeah. So even when he's frustrated, he's like Chapa boy. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's the funniest thing to see. Chubba oh boy. my god, Chapa boy. But yeah, the the bro thing, it's it's interesting. They they calls me that. It's a term of endearment. Yeah. Except when you're angry, then you're like bro. Yeah, then you're like what's with your condescending bro? That's why I say to Talal, who is director for it's like bro. Bro. And now he it. uses it all the time. <laughs> you know, early on, I remember I used to look at his face and yeah. he almost looked offended. Yeah. Like, like, what do you mean, bro? Yeah. But now he uses it all the time. It's, uh, I'm spreading it here. Bruh. It's bruh. become a thing now. Bruh. Bruh. Uh, let me ask you about Dreamcatcher. Mm, yes. What was it? It's a consultancy firm, but uh, what yes. was it a consultancy Ooh. firm on? So Dreamcatcher, I, I was in the corporate world for a while. And I kept getting poached from company to company. And it reached a point where... Doing what? Marketing. Ah, I see. It was just always sales and marketing. Hmm. Kind of always gravitated in that. And it reached a point I was like, hang on. Do I want to be to remain a corporate slave? Sorry if you are. Do I want to remain that? Or do I want to take it a notch higher? And I felt like I had learned enough in the school of life... Mm. with all the jobs I had in, in sales and marketing to be able to teach people this, you yeah, know, yeah. just, and it was really honest. It started at a basic level, how to pick up the phone correctly. 
I still can offer my services in Oman. I'm just saying. What do you mean exactly by how to? From operations, you know, how you're picking up the phone to talk to clients. Mm. Um, how you properly introduce the company, how you try and help a client on the other side of the phone. Right. You know, one example, I've been trying to get uh, in touch with a printing service here. I met somebody three weeks ago, got a quotation. Hmm. They never got back to me. I have now called the place three times. Nobody knows the guy. Yeah. Nobody has any idea about the quotation. You see, there's a, a disconnect. So, so yeah, so to try and also put connect the to make sure that the communication channels are properly set out. You can lose, you do lose clients that way. Yeah. When there's a break in the system, yeah. because I could and it could just, be one person's fault. Yeah. That the system breaks, but then it also says something about how the system works. Yeah. Because uh, you you should it shouldn't be one point of failure. It should yeah. Yeah. So so there was that, and then also the sales team to put. So I would headhunt as well. I was very, I seem to have a knack for headhunting. Hmm. So I would headhunt. And that, that so that's what the consultancy firm did. It's very interesting. Yeah, it was headhunting, um, teaching the sales team how to do things like cold call, what not to say when you cold call, mm. so that people don't hate you so much on the other side of the phone. Yeah. So it really gave them a customer's view. Right. You know, so a lot of people focus on. I think they, they, they lose focus on the important thing, and that's the end customer, the end user. What is the experience with your company like? Right. So I tried to make sure that was really streamlined. And 14 years ago, mm. your daughter was born. Thir- 13. 13. 13 years ago, yeah. your daughter was born, yeah. and you stopped your consultancy. I stopped, yeah, because um, my husband is in aviation, mm. obviously, and with the job he had, he would travel a lot. So... There was no way he was going to quit his job. Mm. And it would be mean to ask him. So he's so passionate about flying in general. So I, we talked about it at length and it was a very hard decision to make, but I decided I want to give my daughter as much of me as I could. You know, I didn't want her to be raised by anybody else but me. Mm. And so I gave up everything and it was like a complete stop. I had her. I was, we did everything together, but I lost myself somewhere there. Could you, could you talk to me about yeah. that? Because I heard you say in a previous interview that it put you into depression. It did. What about it? Severely. So I adore my daughter and we have such a good bond. Hmm. Alhamdulillah, I have to say. That we, we really have a good bond. We're very close. But at one point when she went to school, I found myself, I would drop her to school, task done, then what? Mm. Then I had nothing to do with my life. She was not there anymore. She was in school until lunchtime. So then I found myself really down. Um, we were living a slightly out of the city center. So I didn't, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I don't what really. What country s- is this at this, this point? This is Kenya. Okay. This is Kenya, yeah. yeah. Back, back in Kenya. So, and my husband would be flying. So you're lonely. You're just sitting there by yourself. Um, so I would watch a lot of YouTube videos, read, cook lunch, mm. you know, make sure everything is ready, cook elaborate meals only for my three-year-old at the time to come <laughs> home and not want to eat any of it. So it, it, it started like that. Then uh, I just said, I, I can't go on with this. So I need to do a business. I need to stay active. And after Dreamcatcher, I actually started a company called... <laughs> For selling, uh, it would sell. We sold bras, lingerie, and bras, but I tried to do it online. Mm. 
I feel like at the time it was too early to have that product online. People were just getting used to online shopping. Yeah. Um, and the company was called Hot Milk. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, Who came up with this? I did. <laughs> Eons ago. And there's since now, there's actually, a, there's now a brand in it's the UK called Hot Milk. Also for lingerie. Uh, yeah, but they do maternity, like undergarments. So well, I, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Listen, we, we, we don't all make great decisions throughout our lives. <laughs> that, was okay. a, that was okay. Let that. it slide. But people liked, I had some cool, I had a friend who had yeah. a, a company that did graphic design. Mm. His name's Fadi. We've since lost touch, unfortunately, but he was, he helped me. He didn't charge me and he helped me, you know, make the, he did the logo for it and he did such a cool job with it. And Mm. it was really cool. It was a cool brand. Yeah. But again, um, I found myself having to drive to clients' houses with the bras and getting them to try on Even though it was an online business. Yeah. That's annoying. Because people would be like, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, but I have to, you know, I don't know sizing and everything. And to be fair, when it comes to undergarments, it is... It can be a hit or miss with sizing because not right. all sizes are the same. Mm. You know, you can have one size. It's not like a size eight. Go, but even with clothing, size eight might be a big eight, a small eight, a medium eight. Mm. You know, there's so many variations. So it didn't really work. And I ended up having to sell all my stock to a business uh, owner in Sudan. So she okay. took everything and took it to Sudan. And I was like, what are you good at, Vanessa? Now you ask yourself the question. Mm. What, do you, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? Those are the two questions I asked myself. And to find out the answer to that, I just had to look at my search history on YouTube, on Pinterest, and on Google. What do I research the most? What do I search the most? And it was always food. 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 Mm -hmm. Always food. But the recipes I would research, it would be cakes and now, you know, nuggets and stuff like that because now I have a kid. I have to change the playing field a bit right i have to start cutting bananas up into flowers all of a sudden <laughs> okay. yeah but then i've always and and i'm really good at i've always been good at cooking swahili food um i've, I've mentioned this before in other interviews that my mother-in-law asks me for recipes on how i've done certain dishes like my biryani for example that's accreditation that's like, i mean you don't need just i don't need Khalas. anything else Khalas, i'm done i've that's, made it that's as legit of an accreditation yeah. as you can get as and far as she, i'm concerned yeah, my mother-in-law can cook mm. so for her to ask me for recipes, I was like, are you sure? Are you really? <laughs> and I think it's because my husband really like told her, Ma, you can make biryani, but Vanessa. Oh. So that now it was like. <laughs> Competition. A, oh. Yeah. So, yeah. It, the, let's just say there was always a lot of pressure when they'd come home Mm-mm. to stay with us for a week. Yeah. I'd be like, I can't just put bread on toast for breakfast. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then I started, uh, I thought, okay, I just woke up one day and said, right, I'm going to try and do lunches for corporates. So they don't have to, because a lot of people are busy in the office. So they don't have to go out and look for food. Mm. I put together a menu. Went online, did the menu design myself, designed this little uh, brochure, printed it out, and I went and personally dropped it off to different companies in the area that I was at. That's awesome. And waited. And before I waited, I bought like these uh, containers for food, to package food. So I dropped them and I waited. Then I got, the first client was, my friend was actually a dentist in the area. So I remember I actually did chicken jalapeno burgers for him Ooh. with a, yeah, with a coriander sauce, coriander cream sauce. Oh. And he said, and sweet potato fries. 
That was the first meal I started with, yeah. Because it's like a chutney then. Yeah, it's like yeah. a chutney, but it was really good. And he loved it. And everybody in the office that had lunch that day loved it. And then uh, it grew from there. Other companies started um, asking for food. So then I started doing, I would have a Swahili day on Fridays. So I'd bring the biryanis. Mm. That's how, that was my subtle way to introduce. Because right. now a lot of the people that were eating the lunches were of European descent. Mm-hmm. So... I did I did some wraps and stuff, some sandwiches. A lot of it was sandwiches, but I made sure I started with a Friday. I offered them. They had sandwiches an option, but there was also biryani. And I was like, please try it. Yeah. And then everybody just went crazy for it. Took it took off? It took off. Ooh. Um, then you'd find the the lady, like one of the ladies was working who was working there is of Swahili origin and she asked me for the recipe. So Nyawera, who's an integral part of my life, my best friend in Kenya, said, why don't you start just writing these recipes out for, you know, for, for us? Just oh, And I started, I, I just put it on a Word document just for for whoever asked me for recipes, I just handed it to them. Hmm. And Nyawera was like, this should really be a book. Mm. And I looked at her and I was like, ah, really? And at the time I had a, a side job writing articles for a magazine. So that was like, so already you had two skills there. It was my already, already a stepping stone. Yeah. It was everything. I, I'm a firm believer that everything you do in life is, it may not show itself at the moment, but even 10 years down the line, it will reveal why you did that in the first place. It's 100%. that stepping stone. You need it. A hundred There's nothing you learn that will go in vain. Absolutely. Yeah. This is something that I spoke about in the past as mm. well is... Follow your curiosity. Yeah. Just figure out what you're good at. Don't don't overthink about what does this mean yeah. for the future? Why am I learning this very random thing? Yes. Are you interested in this very random thing? Learn it. Be good at it. Mm. And you never know. Ten years from now, it will. you would be the perfect person for the perfect job because no one else has this combination of skills except for you. Exactly. And always stay prepared. And a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. Even with business today, they're like, I'm so frustrated. I want to do this business but I don't have the funding or stuff. I'm like, okay, do you have everything else ready? Your business plan is every, is it? If someone comes to you today and says, here's, I don't know, the money you need for capital. Do you have everything you need set out ready? A lot of them don't. Yeah. So I say, use your time. Instead of wallowing in your misery, Mm -hmm. use that time to really prepare yourself. Create a business plan or a business proposal, even if it's vague, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just something to start with. Yeah, have a point. And then leave the rest. So for me, I've always wanted to be in the food business. So that's how the book came about then. Um, this book, t- uh, what's it, what is it called? The first book was called Swahili Food Made Easy. Nice. The second book is called More Swahili Food Made Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come up with the title. And they're both available on Amazon. The first one is. Mm. Uh, the first one was available in Borders, uh, but it's sold out. So nice. we're going to restock. The second one... Will hope will also be available at borders and internationally as well. Can I ask? Uh, so, uh, you don't have to answer, but I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. Is is it lucrative to have a book? Yeah, you're not going to be a billionaire, that's for sure. It's a passion project. Yeah. Yeah. I always assume book writers don't make money. No, unless you unless you have unless for, first of all, if if you're with a a publisher like a proper publisher and your mm. book is sold worldwide and you've got a kill a marketing team and kill a PR. Mm. Yes, you can. Right. Because now you're working on numbers. 
But when you're somebody like Vanessa, but but somebody like Vanessa, Vanessa has a huge uh, fan 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 base. Yeah, I didn't when I started. I had yeah. nothing when I started the first book. But also, like I've been following you for a while. I mm. I don't come across your book on your on your on your online presence as yeah. much. You know, because we haven't. Yeah, because it it sold out. Mm. It was. It was stocked in the stores for a very short period. I didn't print that many. We mm. had a thousand copies here, and that those sold quickly. Yeah, and then we kind of just left it, um, and it, it's there that I, like I said, it, it wasn't something. It's definitely not a get-rich scheme. It it yeah. won't. It won't, unless you're selling, I don't know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand copies. It just it. It's not very. It's not lucrative. So okay, coming back. It seems like now with with this book, mm. your future to the Vanessa we know today is starting or beginning to shape up. It's it's solidifying. Yeah. How long was it between the first book and the second? About seven years. Okay, so that's that means a lot has happened after the first. A lot has book. changed. Yeah. About uh, after the first book. Yeah. Could, uh, could you tell me about that journey between the first and the yeah. second book? So when I wrote my first book. I self-published hmm. because I I didn't find maybe I, perhaps I didn't look hard enough as well at the time so I didn't find a publisher to work with hmm. but I just started like I said I, I had the whole word document and I have I had a friend in photography from the magazine I was work, working with at the time and he came and did the food photography for it hmm. and we did it in two days wow a whole mm-hmm. book talk about saving your budget. Yeah, how, like you had to cook all of those things. We had to, uh, yeah, I oh cooked all of those, yeah, in two days. So we split it into two. How many two. recipes? The first one, gosh, it was about 40 recipes. In two over. days? Mm-hmm, 2020. What were the portions you were making? Like, no, I was, I, that's the problem. I can't, <laughs> I don't know if it's just so heavy food in general. I can't make small portions, so I make big. So anyway, we didn't starve for a month thereafter. Yeah. We had a lot in the freezer. Wow. Um, we we gave we shared a lot with friends um yeah so we, we did that that's how i did it that's what i did to save on on the photography cost because hmm. it's you know it adds up um so then i had these amazing photos at the time and i had the book i'd written so i thought what next i had a friend who was a designer who actually designed the second book lucky and i asked him do you mind putting a book design for me what would you charge so we went ahead. He did the book design. I paid for the book design. And now mm. I have this beautiful design, awesome pictures, very vibrant. And I was like, right, what do we do now? I literally, that was me. Mm. What do we, how do we do, what next? Yeah. I'd never done this before. And then I discovered I need an ISBN number. How do I do that? Research, research, got that sorted out. Then I went to the printer and I was like, okay, I want to print. And then reality hit me smack in the face. Boom, printing cost. Expensive. It was like over 700,000 Kenya shillings at the time. What does that mean? Oh my God, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure in reals. Um, yeah, probably like three, almost 4,000 reals, I think I would say. Okay, it's significant. Rough, it's, it's, yeah. it's significant, mm. especially when you're in Kenya. Yeah, but you just said 700,000, so my mind started going places. Yeah. So 3,000, I'm like, whew. I think it's okay. wait, hold on. I feel like we should Google this one. Probably. Three thousand reals. Two thousand reals? Two thousand. Oh, okay. okay. It is significant. Yeah, especially coming yeah. from Kenya. Mm. It's a big it's a big number in Kenya. 
you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, anyway, so it was like, okay, raising time to raise that money. Hmm. I'm not working full time. I have the, the business, but it's not making that amount in profit that yeah. I have managed to save. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, at the time, uh, I was, you know, whatever I made in profit went to buying something for my daughter or towards the household or whatever. I just didn't, I hadn't really thought that I should be saving money as such. Mm. I wisened up later on in life. Um, yeah, so then anyway, my husband looked at it and he said, this is really amazing what you've put together. Let's go for it. I'll fund it. Oh. And I was like, what, are you sure? Mm. And I almost like in disbelief. And he's like, yeah. So mm. we did it. He funded the entire thing? He funded the printing side of it. Nice. Well, yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> then the book came out and you know, as the book was being printed, he accepted a job in Oman. So that was, I was wondering when the Oman part will, what year was this? This was 2016 we moved to Oman. Okay. Around, yeah, 2016. And I was like, are you kidding me? I just went through this and now you're telling me we're moving? Where is Oman? Wait, why, why did he want to move? He got a job placement here. And so what was, so how did you take it? I cried. What do you mean? You, did, you didn't want to come initially. I didn't know where Oman was. Let's begin there. <laughs> okay. Talk about not knowing your geography. I knew nothing about Oman. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm a Christian woman. How is this going? I knew nothing. So panic mode set in. Hmm. Full panic mode. But the time, at the same time, I was trying to keep a straight head because I'm trying to sell the book online through Facebook groups. Really proper. I felt like a, I don't know, a spice merchant at the time. Like, you know, trying to get anywhere. I might as well have had a table on the road and sold it book, that way. Book, You know, book here. Take your book. Get your book. Get your Swahili food book today. Um, and imagine you doing that in Kenya. Yeah. Hilarious. Oh, yes, it was. Anyway, long story short, we moved here. The books, you know, we moved here and everything. We didn't do anything with it for a year. Mm. And then an Omani family member bought the books. And then they're the ones who did that whole, they, they dealt with borders. They made sure it was in the stores. Wait, so they bought it from you wholesale? Yeah. Everything. So they, they had their markup, basically. They became the, the middle The entire 2,000 riyals worth. Plus profit. A little less because we'd, we'd sold a few before we, prior to getting here. Okay. Yeah. We'd and then they're like, we're going to sell this. Yeah. It's a, an investment that they made. Yeah. So, yeah. but I couldn't, I, I, so I called Borders for almost a year mm. at the time, trying to find out who's the right person to talk to. But while that was happening, I just kept filming food videos, which is what I liked doing. Mm. And I formed a small community. Which came first, YouTube or Instagram? YouTube. Okay. Yeah. I had an Instagram, but I did nothing with it. Mm. It's like TikTok now, right? Mm -hmm. TikTok starts and a lot of people are still on the fence about it. Are you it. on it? I am. Okay. Yeah. We're at 30 something thousand followers. Nice. So slowly growing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't give it as much time as I had Instagram. Mm. So I need to, again, it's hard work to do all it three is. different. Because yeah. you're, okay, YouTube and TikTok, you're filming on the same uh, uh aspect ratio, aspect ratio. Mm. youtube is a whole different aspect ratio yeah you know so it becomes a bit tricky to try and do i both. am so tempted to nerd out and ask questions about the technicalities but we have too much to cover and no I time know, so I let's know. just continue um i use final cut pro 
Thank in you. Case you needed That's to one know of that. the questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So then I was just building, and it, I got so frustrated. I went online one day, and I was like, "Guys, I know you want to buy my book in Oman, but I'm not going to. I, I refuse to sell it illegally under the table. Hmm. It went against my ethos completely. You know, everyone was like, "Can we just buy it from you? You know, yeah, direct." I refused mm. it completely because I said, awesome. I'm not going to be doing that. That yeah. is not right to do. It goes against what I believe in and my principles. So I didn't. And so I got so frustrated trying to get borders. I would. I was pushed between here and Dubai. And when I got the Dubai office, they weren't very, the guy I got wasn't friendly at all. I, yeah, he really, he, he, he hurt my feelings a couple of times. He was so rude to me, really. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's my was accent. It, was it, um, did you think maybe you're culturally appropriating? No, perhaps? no, 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 no. This was uh, no. I think he just wouldn't even give me the time of the day to to tell me what steps to take. Yeah, busy man. Busy man. You know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it must be my accent because that happens, mm. right? So then I, I posted about it on Instagram, and somebody wrote in and said, "Hey, I know a person who works at Borders. Mm. Why don't you go and see him and pitch the idea?" And I did with the Omani family member. And that was it. The rest is history. Wow. It was a done deal. The second book now I'm going solely on my own because I've since registered a company in Oman. Mm. So I'm able now to do everything solo. Is Hadir there? Uh, is someone else recording at 12? Usually there's someone at 12. At two? I guess you're chilling. Like a shilling. <laughs> shilling is the Kenyan currency. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm not that much of a coconut. I feel like yeah. I have to always like, oh my By God. By the way, I have a suggestion for you. Yeah. You said once uh, someone labeled you an Oreo, but in reverse. Yes. Because you're Ali. actually black from the inside and white from yeah, the outside. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. I have a better one for uh-huh. you. Because I, I, I met someone once who was yeah. also black in the inside and white in the outside and so i went and googled anything in nature yeah that might be that and the only thing that i was able to find it's very difficult black garlic (laughs) you ever seen black garlic i have white from the outside black in the inside that's you that's me i'm chicken nuggets i'm pungent (laughs) (laughs) i'm pungent although black garlic is has a certain sweetness to it so i'm sweet but pungent does that describe you I could say, yeah, I could work with that. Pungent? Yeah, yeah I don't know about the pungent part. Maybe like sweet, but still strong. I think life makes you strong, doesn't it? Yeah. So like garlic and, and garlic, black garlic is a process. It takes time for it to get to that. Okay. Tell me about it. I yeah. mean, this is you we're talking about. Yeah. Since you're going to be black garlic, <laughs> we would like to know how black garlic is made. Black garlic, um, from what I know, because it's not a, it's not a Swahili thing. Yeah. I think it's more kind of from China and that side. I mm. could be wrong with this. But um, from what I had read about it a while ago is they t- you can take garlic and put it in a slow cooker and just let it slowly break down. I'm, I'm not sure there's, there's a way or they, they do it with a hot pot. It takes time mm. and there's a process of, I guess, fermentation. That changes oh, I see. That. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not a fan of. I love garlic. I'm a yeah. huge fan of garlic. I don't like roasted garlic. You know when you put it in aluminum or aluminium, and put it in the oven, and then it comes out super soft and it looks Squishy. beautiful. Yeah. But I just prefer straight up garlic. I like, like that, like the cut through. Yeah. 
garlicky. It's a bit too sweet. It's kind of it tastes. Yeah. It its whole chemistry changes. It yeah. tastes like a different yeah. thing. I think it. Yeah. It it certainly has its place in certain recipes. Mm. Um, there was a viral video of garlic bread where the guy who did the video put it in the oven. But yeah, you get that sweet element. I personally don't care for it. Yeah. I like fresh garlic. Yeah. I think it, it adds in. And, and I love garlic, it, the sharpness. You know, yeah, it has. it's good. And garlic, in some recipes, I'll add the garlic at the end. Mm. So you don't lose that. Yeah. Yeah, because it, if you if you always use it, the, if it's a recipe that has to cook slowly and, and for long, if you put it at the start of the recipe, sometimes the garlic tends to get lost. Mm. Yeah. So, so in case you just tuned in, last we left off was uh, Vanessa was told by her husband that she needs to move to Oman. And she didn't even know what Oman was. So that was a shocker. And uh, we're going to go on a quick break. And when we come back, yeah. we're going to find out how that transpired. Yes. This is Oman FM. The Nation Station. 90.4 FM. We're back. You're listening to Ain't Nobody Listening. Abdullah here. And with me is Vanessa. So you came to Oman, mm. not necessarily by choice. Your husband got a job. Yeah. And, you know, it's important and you had to just move. Yeah. How was it when you got here? Amazing. Really? Yeah. From the get-go? From the get-go. What was amazing about it? Uh, first of all, I remember going to Lulu to shop for the house. Mm. That's where he took me. He took me to avenues. He's like, look, a mall. And I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> Wait, this so is then, so cool. So no malls where you, no, we had, came from? We, had, we had malls, mm. but I hadn't been in a mall in a while because we had the terrorist attack in Kenya. So uh, I kind yes. of, I got scared of malls after that, mm. but no malls to the, mag- like nothing compared to what was here. What Nothing compared to avenues at the time. I, I love like, that Oman was like, wow, nothing compared to what it like. Yeah. You, you didn't even see Dubai. <laughs> no, no. I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. Yeah. And then I went into Lulu and I'm buying vegetables. And then I hear Kiswahili being spoken. And I'm like. Wait, you didn't know? I didn't know. Like Ash had mentioned, my husband had mentioned like, yeah, they speak Swahili here, but there's a thing about mentioning and there's a thing about experiencing yeah. it. Very different. So I was just like, oh. and it was always, I went and said, ah, mambo, wange Swahili. That's the first thing. I just walked out to this random husband and wife and did that. I'm so sorry if you, I don't know, by any chance, listen to this. I'm sorry. You must have thought I'm crazy. So then I found myself always gravitating to um, Kenyans in general. Every time I'd see the Kenyan armband, mm. I'd be like, "Vipi brother," and the guy's like, "Wait, wait, that's, that's not." I heard once you say "shware," mambo shware, <laughs> and I remember that obviously, and they would just, like, the Kenyans would just like glow because mm. they're like, "Ah," then Zunguetu would come back. Yeah. <laughs> the word came back again, and you know, you always have this. You, I had, and that's I think when I felt the sense of belonging because. When I would see a Kenyan with the armband, hmm. I felt that sense of belonging because I would always walk up to them and always strike a, a conversation with them. Hmm. I still do that till today. If I go somewhere and I see a, a Kenyan or somebody who looks Kenyan or even sounds Kenyan, I'm like, do you speak Kiswahili? Like, especially the aunties here sometimes, they'll, yeah. they'll be on the phone like this. And I'm like, when she's done, I'm like, you speak Swahili? Hello. How she's are like, you? yeah, Salam okay. Alek. No, no, vizuri. Me me pia na Kiswahili. And she's like... 
Mashallah, I love that. Do, does that wear off the novelty? Because I imagine I, if I were you, yeah, oh, I would, I would totally love doing that to people. Yeah. But do you get used to it after a while, or do you still feel like <laughs> like? Uh, Sometimes I feel like <laughs> <laughs> in Europe, I feel like <laughs> yeah, like when you when you're in Europe and. Um, this happened before in marriage, though. We were on a train with another friend from Kenya, but she grew up very differently. She's Swiss, but she grew up in a very different way. Mm. So anyway, we're in Switzerland together and we're on a train and these guys were... T- no, sorry, not a train. This was a different incident. We were walking. We were, we were walking and there were these two, I think they were Tanzanians. And you guys say Tanzanian and we say Tanzanian. Yeah. Tanzanians. I don't think I have one way to say it. I think yeah. it depends. It's different. Yeah. I'm not yes. loyal to those words. So Tanzanians, <laughs> Tanzanians were there and they were talking about us. Yeah. They're actually behind us. Not We were in front. And there are two guys and there's a bunch of girls in front. So I don't need to really point out what the conversation was like. Mm. I just, I turned up and gave him like a death stare. Mm-hmm. Like, stop it. And then we continued walking and he didn't stop it. Then I turned around again. So in Swahili, he's like, Kwani, you're tuelewa uyu mzungu. What does that mean? Does she understand this, this wow. white person? Mm. So then I turned around and I was like, Kwani, wafikiru utakujia hapa, na utakuta mzungu haezi kuongea kiswahili. So I was like, you think you'll come here and there's, a, you, there's no white people that speak Swahili? You're yeah. in for a shocker, something along those lines. And he's like, oh. and then the guys did the, oh. <laughs> that guys tend, I don't know why you all do that, but they did the, oh. it's in the culture. Okay, yeah, so that was done. <laughs> and then he apologized, both apologized, and we continued with life. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was fun. I like yeah. doing that, you know. So you came to Oman and immediately just like, <gasps> yeah. Like, but then w- you're going to live here. Yeah. So it's not like you're just a visitor in a, in a, yeah. in a, in a country. You can appreciate the culture. Yeah, no. Did I, you see yourself early on that you could live here? I didn't come to visit prior to living. I came here when I was coming Kalas, to live here. So you had no choice, no. Aslan. Like yeah. You had to learn. You better like it. Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. That was where I was at. But guess what? I loved it. Mm. And I loved that it's so safe, first and foremost. Mm. We forgot our front door open once. I remember when we just moved. And it was it was not just unlocked open. It was open, open. Mm. You know? Nothing happened. And I was like, <laughs> this was back home that would not have been the case yeah and i used to walk i, I remember you're so used to walking with your bag in front i would never wear my wedding ring my engagement ring i was scared i wouldn't i'm not big on jewelry in general mm. but like my wedding band and stuff you should you should wear it but i was like hey this thing is tight they're gonna cut my finger off you know back home so i was like uh-uh. yeah your cell phone you you're almost like hugging it like you know you'd always have that so that wasn't there here. And at night we could drive around and I didn't have to keep looking at the rear view mirror. I, I did initially, it took a while for both, not only myself, but even my husband and my daughter, mm. especially my daughter. It took her a long time to feel comfortable enough for us to drive around at night. Because in Kenya, things are different. Yeah. You know, after 6 p.m., things get sketchy sometimes. So it took her a long time. We very, take this for granted, people who live in You do. A lot of people take it for granted. Mm. So that was, you know, being able, I, you can't put a price on being able to sleep at night and not have to wake up to every sound you hear thinking there's a break-in happening. 
It's interesting because we, yeah. we don't even grow up with that idea in our heads. You all have ACs. You'll hear nothing. Yeah. First of all, if someone breaks Especially it. those window ACs back in the day. I swear, y'all are hearing nothing. Yeah. yeah. But back in Kenya, especially in Nairobi, where we were living at the time. Um, and my husband is also from Mombasa. Mm. Yeah. So, but we, we lived in Nairobi because that's where people, you know, most of the jobs were um, for him and, and for myself. And yeah, anything you would hear, the dog, dog bark a bit, you're already on high alert. Hmm. You know, you've got your alarm systems, your security systems. Pray to God that when you press it, somebody actually shows up. You know, you never know. <laughs> yeah. um, and then now you come here and that's already, that's gone. You know, it's almost like a sense of loss, but gain at the same time. Because <laughs> you're so used to being in a, a high level of stress at night, you yeah, know? It's like, it's too peaceful now. I it's don't too, yeah, it's too peaceful. What is happening? <laughs> I can drive on the road and, and I don't have to be scared of someone coming and... and, and what is this? I want excitement. Yes, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Excitement. So. I was perfectly fine with it though, you know? Mm. Because again, with my husband traveling a lot, mm. I'm alone with the kids a lot of time, most of the time. When did you start building a proper community? Where you feel like, oh, wow, I have a community now. Mm, so when I got here, I continued. I'd started Instagram. I think I, I focused on it more while I was here. Even YouTube, actually. I believe I started my YouTube channel when I was here. I, I'm, don't quote me on that. I need to check the dates. Mm. I've just had a baby, so my my mind is still trying to... Congratulations, by <laughs> the way. Thank you, thank you. It's still coming. My brain cells are trying to come back into the building. How old is your baby? She's eight months now. Wow. So it's gone pretty quick. I, almost nine, actually. If not nine That's months about already. the age of my... Sorry, uh, she's nine months now, okay. today. Yeah. It's about the age of my uh, nephew. Yeah, but also. when a woman has... I don't know about other women, but for me, I feel like each child took, like... If I say brain cells, I'm going to sound like a complete... <laughs> I feel, But I feel like I forget a lot, a lot of things now. You know, sometimes I try to think back on memories as well mm. and have to really think long and hard because I've forgotten so much. You know, so sometimes I might even jumble up my memories and timings and stuff because I've forgotten so much from that period. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. It sorry, so wait, where did we go? I've I've moved away from this. Um, building please. a community. Building a community. So mm. yeah, I believe I started it here um, because again, I had time, mm. too much time on my hands. Um, so I started filming and then... Uh, I would use the hashtag mascot. So it started that way. And right. I already had the Kenyan and I also had the Kenyan community that kind of jumped on board. And then uh, May and I started meeting up. She would post about it. And that really, I feel like Is that's... That, you guys uh, met that early? Yeah, we met... When, um, like 2016? No, we met 2017. We were, mm. we were messaging each other, mm. but I was so busy trying to just set up the house, mm -mm. just life in general yeah. um, that we never really met and she was also busy with her own uh, stuff at the time but we met I think the, a year after that yeah and then she posted about it as well and now the, the community started growing there because Omani started seeing oh Swahili food there's a connection and with Maya speaking Swahili as well mm -hmm. and me speaking Swahili it just kind of opened a lot of dialogue in Oman I feel yeah a lot of people started coming out proud Proudly speaking, Kiswahili, because at the time, a lot of people didn't really want to to to, to be associated with it, like you said. Maybe the, yeah, it's interesting, huh? Because that's how that was my experience yeah. growing up, and it wasn't until I left to college, yeah. in a different country, 
and you're trying to discover who you are, what's mm-hmm. your identity. And then I came back, like it took till my early 20s. To really. And when I met other people who are also Omani, uh, with a Swahili background yeah. or uh, East African background. Yeah. It's like, these are the fun people. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this is where the fun's so at. You get, you get, you find your sense of belonging, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you find and your sense of belonging. you start to identify because like what you're saying, I heard it my whole life. Mm. It's just, mm. I've been shunning it. Yeah. I've been pretending like it didn't happen because I'm yeah. Omani, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. in my head, Omani is a very certain thing, very specific thing. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, unfortunately, it's a thing that it's still around. Yeah. Well, uh, it dates back to, to the history, you know? And of course, mm-hmm. there is a dark side to the story, isn't there? Mm-hmm. But if we keep holding on to the dark side of history, we will never move forward. Yeah. Okay? Like uh, I heard once... Um, Somebody mentioned to me once, you cannot drive a car and have your eyes on the rear view mirror the whole time. Yeah. Take a glance at it. You need to take a glance. The past is there. Yes, it's yeah. there. Acknowledge it. Forgive whoever you need to forgive That's in your life. That's a good analogy, actually. Yeah. I like that. And look ahead when you're driving Yeah. through life. Because if you go through life staring at the rear view mirror, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have an accident. You're going to crash. Yeah. It's not smart. <laughs> so don't do it. Any big challenges you faced when you moved to Amman? I honestly can't say I faced any big challenges, really. Mm. I'm I'm really happy here. I feel a sense of belonging here, surprisingly enough. Do you see yourself living here? I do. Indefinitely? Long term, I do. Mm. Given the opportunity, I would. If we can start buying outside the very uh, costly zones, it mm-hmm. <laughs> would be good. I would love to. I, I can see myself. Yeah. Now, yeah. your husband... Is also keen on the idea of living here? He likes it here as well. Mm. We, we both really enjoy it. Um, my husband is, he, he's a bit different to me. Um, I, I don't really like change per se. Mm. I like my comfort. Like I, I set up my nest mm-hmm. and I kind of want to have my nest where my nest is. Right. My husband is a bit of a traveler. Well, he's a pilot. Is, he's so. a pilot. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he likes to, but he's, I think he's okay. As long as he can get his dose abroad. Hmm. You know, go see the greenery because he does. He loves. He's an outdoors guy. Okay. He really You're loves not? the outdoor. Both of us are actually. Okay. Yeah. So he loves hiking and stuff like that. We both do. So summertime is when I'm always like, mm, I start feeling antsy a bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lo- like a lot of people. Yeah. Do, <laughs> you know. So that's why I took up ice skating because I mean, right. Cold environment. And Tell me about that. When did you start ice skating? It's a very specific hobby. Yeah. Um, actively this year. Okay. Yeah, New. actively this year. I, I, the first encounter with ice skating was in Switzerland. Mm. And I didn't fall flat face down because I used to rollerblade in Kenya. Okay. So you similar the, balance. What kind of rollerblades? The four wheelers or the one, the straight line ones? No, it was the straight line ones. Okay. Yeah. The, the, not roller skates, the blades. Oh, r- Blades right. were the ones that were like a... I see. I never knew that Yeah, the skates were the one with the four. Interesting. Yeah. So I had I started with this, the four and then I transitioned to the, the roller blades. So I feel like that helped me a lot. I'll tell you what, we'll begin concluding. Yeah. Um, a question, a really good question that um, Hadir was asking earlier. Um, what would your last meal be? If you know you're going to die tomorrow, what will you have? Gosh, I hope I'm not going to jail anytime soon on death row. I hope you like, uh, <laughs> hope you like dal. If I'm here. <laughs> I actually do what I like dal. And dal is very good for you. It is. Very good for women. It balances their hormones. Okay. 
just a side thing. Again, that's where my... So uh, to answer your question, Hadir, she would have dal. Oh. <laughs> that's her last meal. No, my last meal would definitely be... Oh, you know what? It's mm. such a... That's a very hard question because I feel like my favorite food changes. It used to be chicken, kukupaka chicken cooked in coconut. Mm-hmm. But I really think uh, Swahili prawns. What's that? It's uh, prawns with Swahili spices slow cooked in coconut. Ooh. I feel like that and a decent chapati would be a good way to go. Yeah. I'm sorry for the people who don't eat meat or... No, that's so great. I feel like, you you know, you stuck to your title of Swahili food. Yeah, that's, go. yeah, and it's very seafood oriented. So <laughs> it, it would definitely be It would be, be very that. disappointing if you said pizza. Or <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or no. like burger. <laughs> no. no. Although, I have to say, there's some burgers here in Oman that really slap. Yeah. Well done on the use of that word. Thank you. You're learning from your I'm kids. I'm getting good. I even know how to reference aesthetic things now, because my daughter is always like, that's aesthetic. Okay. um, Yeah. So, (laughs) but yeah, there's some really good burger joints out Mm -hmm. here. I have to say, there's a lot of burger joints out here, but some are really. I feel like at this point, burger is a national dish in Oman. I feel like it should be. (laughs) Kalas, it should be listed. You know, you have shiwa. Yeah. Arsia and um, burger. Burger just comes. Yeah. Easy peasy. Omani. Yes. Yes. As Omani as it gets. Yeah. That's it. Done. (laughs) What should we expect from you as fans? Mm. Uh, in the next, let's say five years, so a slightly broad horizon. Wow! Well, I kind of I already have my five-year plan in place. Oh, okay, perfect. Let's um, go. Well, I've over the years, I would say over the past fifteen years, I've been experimenting a lot with like different condiments and sauces and stuff, and I would love, 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 love to get to a point where I can have products up on the shelves, like sauces. Sauces, mixes, spice spice Ooh. mixes, my own spice blends. Mm. Um, because through experimenting a lot, I've narrowed it down. Those Can are not you call recipes it Auntie I... Nessa? <laughs> yeah, Auntie Nessa. <laughs> like that. That's Please. what my niece and nephew call me. <laughs> Auntie Nessa. Oh, maybe they, people can let me know in the, I'm guessing there's a comment section. Yeah. What y'all think about that? Yeah, just uh, hit, hit us up on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. We're at omanafm.om and Vanessa is at Swahili Food. Yes, I'd love to see But by the way, yet. well done on getting that username. Thank you. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's like prime property. Yeah, I think it was just <laughs> honesty. I think it's God's hand if you ask me. Mm. And I'm pretty, I'm, a, I'm quite, I, I mean, I'm quite, I would say religious in as a Christian. I'm a strong Christian. Yeah. That's the right word. And I always feel like if it's in God's plan and God's hand, things go smoothly. Mm-hmm. For me to have been able to get Swahili food on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, website. That's crazy. You would think it would be taken. Yeah. Mm. It was just, honestly. Sitting there waiting for you. It was, yeah. Because I didn't struggle. Yeah. Sometimes when you're really... Um, trying to make something work and you're struggling and struggling and nothing, the 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 pieces of the puzzle are just not fitting in. Mm. It's the wrong, I was going to say, bro, it's the wrong puzzle. It'll be an honor. Look for the right piece. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the right puzzle piece. It's yeah. not the right puzzle piece. You're banging your head on the wall. It's not for you. It's tough though, right? Because sometimes maybe that one extra push would, would open that door. And other times, maybe you push too much that you need to find a different door. And you have... To, in that moment, you have to figure out what to do. Should I just uh, pivot? Yeah. Or should I just keep knocking that door till it opens? It's it's 
it's always easy in hindsight mm, to be like, ah, oh, that was the right thing. Yeah. But in the moment, uh, no. you could see how people will get stuck. That's yeah? the game called life. Yeah. It should be a talk show game, really. The game called life. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, sometimes you're really trying to make the two puzzle pieces fit where they shouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you give up at just the moment when the turning point comes. One more push. One more push. Yeah. So, but that's the gamble, isn't it? Yeah. Life is a gamble. And that is exactly one way to represent that. So notion. we're expecting sauces and spices from yeah. Auntie Nessa. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, who, uh, inshallah. What I else? Don't know. What else? Uh, so ma- primarily you're going into retail. I'll definitely, yeah. Exploring. I'm exploring the food scene more and more. Mm. Um, because it's one thing to make Shall the food expect, videos. Should we expect Auntie Nessa restaurant? Wait, I don't even want to say anything mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, well, I, I, I said it. I, I yeah. said we want Auntie Nessa restaurant. I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it were up to me, I would already have had it. Mm. But, you know, things, uh, setting up a business in Oman wasn't always easy. Mm. Things are changing now. And also getting the right partners to join forces with. Because it is, um, uh, it, it's not uh, cheap to start a business. Depends on the business. Depen- yeah. Depending on the business. I mean, I could sell uh, Mahamri on, this, on the road tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if ROP would uh, would. Uh, well, now there is new regulation uh, of home <laughs> businesses. You could put it under that category. Yeah. This is not legal advice, by the way. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank you for that. But yeah, so, you know, if you want to get, for me, essentially, the goal for me is to be able to share my love for food, Swahili food, with as many people as I can in mm. any aspect or avenue I can. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Because food is love, and that's how I express my love. Surprise, this is the first time you used that phrase in this whole interview. Because <laughs> I heard you use that phrase so frequently. Yeah, I food felt like I love, used it too much and love. people were like, oh, there goes Vanessa again with her food is love. <laughs> Listen, what is this food is don't love? Don't let your friends stop you. Yes, yes. Okay. But food, food is, you know, some people believe in getting a, a Gucci bag or whatever. Yo, I'm good with Mahamri. <laughs> wait, wait, how do... Yes, Mahamri love. Hey, shape it, yeah, Mahamri love. That's what I need, really. <laughs> Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you this for was such me. a joy. I really enjoyed. And wow, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Two and a half hours, close, maybe two hours, right? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Two and yeah. a half, he says. And I'm not even mentally exhausted. No, me neither. That's a good sign. I'm just hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Yeah. And we're out. Done. Yeah. I feel that. Nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening. Ain't nobody listening.